Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. Bam, we're live. That, that, wh- oh, well, I changed it to predicting the future. Even better. Thank you. Hold up, please. Have we ever had a guest uh, um, suggest a uh, a title for the show? Yes. Oh, it's not just Aaron? Not just Aaron. He's not a one-of-a-kind like that? How many How many guests have suggested a, a name for the show besides Aaron? Uh, maybe, like, maybe like two, two or three. 700 shows in Aaron. Yeah. But to Aaron's defense, I I screwed up his name. So really, oh, okay. it was a misspelling so, on my So you opened the door for all sorts of feedback. We're lucky he's here. <laughs> I would have screwed it up before I got going, to be honest. So, I well, my last name is actually a misspelling of my real name anyways. So my grandfather immigrated. He didn't speak English, and so they misspelled it. How, how was it supposed to be spelled? Uh, phonetically, it should be like Y-I-N. Uh, and every one of his brothers has a different has a different last name because they all immigrated at different times and they didn't speak English and 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 so I have G I N I have J I N N I have Y I H or Y I G H so all of my cousins and second cousins and stuff have different different last names. Uh, p- pronounce it for me. It's gin, like the drink. Oh, it is, okay. Yeah, but but everyone wants to say gin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's gin. Like the drink. Oh, yeah. I'm going to write that down here so I don't screw it up. Like the nasty drink. Oh, God. Gin's so hard to drink. Nasty drink. Do you, do you like gin? Do you drink gin, Aaron? Oh, uh, I don't drink it. I don't drink it all. Oh, okay. Good. No, I'm a teetotaler. A, a what? A teetotaler. What's that? It's like straight edge. Oh, okay. Uh, tea, tea, yeah, teetotaler is the, is the other more uh, erudite word for it. So. Uh, uh, um, is is that an urban dictionary word, or it's just a word that like you need to know for your SAT? And I don't know it. Yeah, so teetotaler was a was a movement uh, that was kind of like late 1900s that they believe these Christians believe that the Bible condemned alcohol uh, usage. Yeah, and uh, and so it kind of spun out of that. So like some famous teetotalers are like uh, Mormons, right? <laughs> so the whole faith is teetotalers. Um, and so it was named after the, the, the people who, uh, the original people who thought about it. So it was a bit of like a, a slang, a slander. Um, uh, but I, I, oh, it was it. really, it was yeah, like, those guys are teetotalers. They don't drink alcohol. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. It's like those losers, right. Especially those Catholics are like, oh, those losers over there who don't drink. Right. They don't even get their <laughs> swerve on. <laughs> yeah. How are they going to meet any girls? Um, Aaron, you're not <laughs> married. I am not. No. no, no, but but I think um, I was at your house, and I think that you had a girlfriend, maybe. Oh no, 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 no girlfriend. Uh, there's no. Those are just those are just girls from the gym that you met. Okay, just just girls from the gym. <laughs> just the onslaught like. that are normally coming through. Hey, is that is yeah. that th- this house? This room that you're sitting in is that is that the house that I visited? Yeah, this is my study. Wow, it's coming together. Yeah, yeah, it's fully uh, fully built out. Uh, so all the inside's done. Uh, and so, yeah, we're just doing outside work now. So yeah, this is, uh, one of my engineers lives with me. So that's his desk. Uh, and then I have some photos of, 
every place I've been around the world. So, uh, so like right there in the one in the corner, that is the Serengeti. So there's a bunch of lions on it. I took, uh, that are like walking towards the car and stuff. So super cool. God, thanks. By the way, I, I don't know if I ever thanked you, but thanks for having us at your house. That was cool. I know it was fun. It was super fun. I'm, I'm happy you, Greg and the crew came. It was, it was, it was great. When I first heard your name, I'm going to make the date up. I don't know if it's true, but 2020, early 2020. Yeah. And Greg said, Hey, you got to see this guy, uh, this thing, this guy, Aaron Ginn wrote. And I think it was in medium. Yeah. Yeah. It's medium with an M not median with an N. Uh, it's medium. Yeah. Medium. Like, uh, yeah. Like a smaller than large. Uh, yeah, it's like a, so it's a blogging company started by the former co-founder of Twitter. Uh, and essentially it was started off as like a high, uh, high tech, uh, blogging community. And then I wrote my piece in response to another guy in tech who basically said, you know, a gajillion people are going to die in like a year. Oh, and he would, I didn't know it was in response to that guy's piece. Yeah. The, and it was called the hammer and dance or something like that. <laughs> So uh, it was it was absolutely absurd, and I mean he was off by like thousand x, right? And and so I was re- writing a response to that, and then uh, and I've kind of was I was already following it, so I had like a uh, an email list that I was with a bunch of my friends that kept wanting to be added, uh, a number of like CrossFit boxes and CrossFitters were on the list, and then a bunch of like tech executives, journalists. So it was kind of like a privately shared doc for about two months. Uh, and then one of my friends, uh, at the time who also worked in tech recommended that I post it on medium. Does and that guy hate actually, you? Does the guy who suggested yeah. that hate you? No, no, no. So, so he, uh, like he set he, you uh, up. Yeah, exactly. So I, at that time I already been canceled. So that was the, that was the, that was the third time I've been canceled. So there okay. were two other times. So <laughs> okay. I was already used to it. All right. Uh, and, and, you know, thanks to having an Asian father, I'm very used to, uh, being a constant disappointment to somebody. Oh, all so, right, all right, all uh, right. yeah. Yeah. So the fact I did, uh, the fact I don't have a DR in my name, right. Uh, an MD like means a, a failure. So, uh, <laughs> it, he still doesn't even understand what I do. He's like, he's like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. He's like, I don't even know what that means. Right. You're, you're not, a, your dad you don't have born a in China. No, no. He was the, he was the first generation. So his okay. father immigrated. Okay. Um, um, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I wrote, it was actually like a living document. So over the course of two months, when I was reading Chinese newspapers, I was reading the WHO documents, I was like researching um, past research on coronavirus uh, and following sort of what was going on. Uh, I was I was adding to the document. So it was like a Google Doc that first started as like three pages, then grew into like a 40 page document. And then my friend was like, oh, you should publish this. So I did. And I actually wrote in the beginning, it was like a living like sort of document that I was going to constantly edit. Uh, and then it just went like insanely viral. Uh, and three million, three million views in, in 24 hours or something crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was the most widely read blog, blog post or medium post of that, uh, of that day. And then also when zero hedge republished it because the medium took it down, uh, which is by the way, medium still has it offline. Uh, even though I was right as, as the Stanford epidemiology crew said, I was 95% right on like what I was surmising and, and, and could read through the tea leaves. So Zero Hedge actually republished the whole thing, and it was the most widely read article on Zero Hedge all of all of that year. Uh, so it, uh, uh, yeah, so it just it went it went super crazy viral, much more than I thought it was going to be because it was just really to like make it easier for like my friends to to read it. 
uh, and cause you know, I was making all the updates, Google docs, and then like the world went crazy. And, uh, you know, there, you know, times where it hit pieces against me, CNN to MSNBC, Slate, all the sort of who's who of woke activists, like, you know, went after me and then medium. Woke activists, woke activists. <laughs> yeah. That's a new one. Yeah. I like, I'm going to yeah. use that woke activist. Okay. And it, it was called the hammer and the dance. I want to bring it up so we could see it here. Oh no. So that I was running gets that. So my okay, right. evidence over hysteria. Got it. Uh, thank you. Yeah, COVID evidence over hysteria, and and so so Google, uh, you may not be able to find it. There there are a couple places Suppressing that have it. it. Like, yeah. So Google. Sorry, that's Google my it. fault. I should have given you a link, Susa. E- evidence over hysteria, COVID nineteen. Yeah. So yeah. then, so then, G Drive actually deleted the article. So I had everything in G Drive, and they removed it. Uh, and then uh, a bunch. Of Wait other a second. People, Why did they do that? Because. Because uh, they they said it violated their um, some policy they had. How did they uh, get so, into yeah, your so, Google Drive? I mean, all these tech companies have access to everything in their stack, so so it's part of their terms of service. So whether you're hosting on something on Amazon, hosting something on Microsoft, they have access to it and they can they can see what it is. The first hit is actually a CrossFit gym. Oh, is it <laughs> with it re- with it reposted? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! That's yeah. awesome. Oh, that is great. <laughs> that's the first yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's funny. Uh, so, so yeah, like it, it got reposted a lot cause it got taken offline. Um, so you can see that like I've written, I wrote in the bold there, I'm constantly updating this as I gather new information. So I was updating this in my Google doc and then re-emailing out to my email list twice a day. So I literally wake up, I would read, you know, epidemiologists, I'd read, you know, crazy people I did not agree with. I would have um, sort of counter things to that. I would look at the new stuff that was coming out of Europe uh, and then, you know, post this in there. And and then, so after I got taken offline, then I got like hyper involved into uh, basically uh, media, governors, uh, congressmen and stuff like that. So I got looped into all that uh, conversation around that so sort of having impact on domestic policy. Uh, and so I'm sorry, I Aaron, I, I just, that. I want to go. So, the article got so much traction that you started getting asked to speak to congressmen uh, to get yeah. your perspective. Okay. Yeah, governors, stuff like that. Um, governors they, they, of states contacted you. Yeah, the ones that basically reopened earlier. So awesome. than everybody else. Yes, awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, so it, it was uh, the biggest impact that I've had on public policy since I've been involved in politics. Uh, and I did it as a hobby. It was, it, I mean, it was a very brutal 2020 in terms of like, I was on calls all day, morning to night, talking to people, uh, working against, uh, specifically actually in the administration as well against Fauci and Dr. Burks, uh, like providing data to people, providing analysis. I, I would get, you know, emails from people saying, Hey, here's what, I, here's what my public health, you know, fascist said today. What can I say back to them? Then this would be like an executive of, of the government or like a mayor or something like that. And then I would provide a response back. Uh, and I worked with newspapers, TV shows, stuff like that to provide them analysis on what was going on. And uh, overall, like I still stay true to sort of my core argument, which was that this is a risk, uh, a, a very severe disease for people who are very well known and controlled, aka you're old and you're overweight. And that the every energy should be focused on those people, uh, but the rest of the population should continue on with life. Uh, and I also questioned long COVID. I questioned all these like mitigations as kind of a waste of time. 
and that the secondary effects, um, actually the, the last, the last part of my big long article was I wrote about how that this would be used as a means of creating authoritarian aspects in the government and that rapid inflation would be the cause of this. Uh, and that the, basically the people that are going to die, uh, from this disease are probably going to die anyways. Um, and that came true like that, that there, there's very little evidence that anything that we did, uh, that cost, you know, not only children's education, like we still haven't even understood the ramification of missing school for two years to, uh, the inflation rate that we're dealing with, uh, to do like a lot of these sort of current, uh, undertones around international affairs are basically the tensions as the free trade system broke down, right? Like Peru to Ukraine, uh, or all consequences of this. Uh, and, and so, you know, this will be kind of like, you know, as we go forward into the next generation, we will tell stories and, and it would be sort of like the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like we'll tell kids that like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe this, this happened. They'd be like, oh my gosh, it really happened. Like people forced you to wear paper over your face. And like people thought that like sitting down was safer than walking past you. Like you're like, yeah. That's why your mom has a speech impediment because everyone around her was masked and she never learned how to talk properly. Yeah. Yeah. Limit of my babies, but they're going to be COVID babies. Uh, like there, there are so many examples in public health history that I know you, I, that I know you know about, where like the experts were adamant, just absolutely adamant that smoking was amazing, right? And it wasn't that like that was a small. I mean, it was literally universal within the medical field, right? Or 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 uh, different drugs that we prescribe, like and and this was one of those scenarios. Except circumcision. Like, Wait till we get to that one. <laughs> Wait till we get to that. <laughs> Fucking the whole, the whole oh, country general mutilation. Go see the movie American Circumcision. I know it's not popular. Mm. Yeah. I know you guys don't want to know about mm. it, but mm. go see the movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a wild year, uh, and I don't I don't regret it because it it, it felt one of those as I as in a, you felt like it felt like an existential moment uh, for for the world, uh, and that you had to fight. And, and this was not a moment to be like, I'm going to submit myself to a, you know, public health, uh, inspector who doesn't know anything about my business, doesn't know anything about my life, uh, that somehow is granted this expertise that is totally based on BS. It's totally based on hubris. Uh, and, and it was a, uh, what's the right word for it? A, um, uh, a, a shaking out of everyone's friend group. Um, wow. and you saw people. Who yeah. you saw people yeah. who yeah. stood by you know you for being heterodox. You saw people who stood by like our friends that were also heterodox. They were basically just presenting an alternative. What's that view. word you're using? What's what's the word? Oh, heterodox. What's that mean? Uh, just alternative, like you like okay. red pill based, okay. like this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, and uh, and so yeah, like it, I lost a lot of friends, and that's one reason why I left San Francisco. Um, was no that shit. They, I didn't I, know that. That is why you left the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, heterodox, and, not conforming with accepted or orthodox standards or beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, that's I definitely didn't. Too, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Used to going across. Yeah. CrossFit for 13 years, man. So, Hey, what um, happened with Peru and the Ukraine? You mentioned that that went over my head too. What happened with them? Uh, so, uh, Peru had a, that's actually one of my, my, my 20, uh, 2023 predictions was that there was going to be a democracy that was going to go through a coup. Uh, and basically returned to military role. Uh-huh. Uh, so Peru just went through that. So the president of Peru just tried to, uh, who, by the way, was one of the most insane people with COVID, like literally crazy. Like he would, he would have people, police hunt people down who left their houses, right? Uh, so he tried to suspend the constitution and get rid of Congress. 
and then uh, and use the military to take over. And then so that's that didn't work. So now an unelected president is in power. And then now there's rampant protests all over the country trying to overthrow that president who was unelected. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, so like it's freaking what's going on in Peru is insane. And like there's been probably all, over 100 people have died so far and just the broad, broad protests. Um, but they were one of the worst people in COVID, like in South America, one of the absolute worst. Um, and then obviously like Ukraine is, is, is a, is a function of the fact of, guess what? When you destroy international relations between countries for a virus, you can't stop like this half, then people feel like, okay, well, there's no consequence of this, right? Like, because you're not connected to trade to me anymore. So there's no more cost to me to invade you. So I'm just going to evade, Right. And, and so like the, all of these sort of tensions that like overflow, overflow, like the, that previously that like trade would mitigate, right. That there was a cost of doing, of invading a country or cost of attacking a country, but through lockdowns and through like massive supply chain eruptions, it was gone, right. There, there was, there was less mitigation to, uh, to just attack the country. And, My mom's and drunk. So Now's a perfect time to ask her if I can stay up and watch a movie tonight. <laughs> I think yeah. it was Jack Ma that said when trade yeah. stops, war starts. Right. Yeah. And and so you're going to see this with Taiwan that like that's where a lot of my family that stayed in China after Mao fell, after Mao took over, they fled to Taiwan because they're part of the Nationalist Party. Like you'll see, uh, I don't I don't think, I think she is actually in a very weak position. I'm not, I'm not very bullish that like. Uh, oh, the president of Taiwan, the prime minister of Taiwan? No, no, the, 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 uh, so he used to be president and now he's, uh, uh, president. She, uh, uh, oh, 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 yeah. oh, that's so funny. I thought you said she It's president. She, I'm, she yeah. listen, listen, <laughs> listen, you jackasses in the comments. I don't want to hear it. This guy's too smart for the show. Listen, listen, <laughs> I, I jackasses. <laughs> I'll slow him down a little yeah. bit. We'll get 10% of what he said. Just you chill. <laughs> I will promise you I, he is too smart for the show, but we'll, I'll slow this train down and get some words. I, even though I'll confuse she with she. Holy shit. That's my most embarrassing moment. My most embarrassing moment of the show. That was funny. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, so so um, to, to recap, the, um, so Aaron wrote this article that was just a hobby of his. He broke the internet with it. Greg saw it, and he was like, holy shit, this guy gets it. And there were some things there. It, it, not only that, so you said you were reading Chinese news, news. So that means you yeah. speak Chinese and read it. Uh, I can read it better than I can speak it. Uh, okay, yeah, I was I was reading papers and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so you were kind of getting stuff from the source. You didn't have to rely on CNN or Fox or MSNBC. You, yeah. by source, I mean it's still their source, but you could at least get it from directly from other fake news, not once <laughs> hearsay yeah. from more fake news. Yeah, but, but you can read. This is my my problem so much with the American media is that they they don't understand how uh, Chinese people think, and and so they're when you read Chinese news, like you kind of read it how you used to read Pravda, read the communist newspaper from Soviet Union, like you you read the tea leaves, you read between the lines, right? You understand motivations, right? And and uh, Chinese like the Chinese government, which has. Um, basically the same pattern of operating for the last 70, 80 years has been in operation is that it, it doesn't lie like the Russians do. The Russians lie in the sense of like, like a big bad bear who's kind of drunk and wants to be rich and have like a Maserati or a Lamborghini. Right. It's a very obvious lie. It's like they, they, uh, you know, it's something you kind of like definitely see as like, okay, this is just like hubris. It's just being haughty and arrogant and just being recognitions. Right. Chinese, the CCP doesn't lie that way. They, 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 they take something true and they mold it, right? 
and it, you can cord- sort of see evidence of it and you can sort of see like that could be true i could believe that right versus the russian propaganda is just like absolutely just like it's like you know it's basically nationalism plus lying right and and ccp propaganda is very subtle right it's very like undercurrent it's very uh, sort of similar to like how uh, the mainstream media uh, is disingenuous with us, right? Like they label things that are true misinformation, right? Uh, and they therefore they don't deal with the debate. They, that's a lot how the CCP like operates. And and so whenever, for example, the virus was first being uh, like was was in the wild, which which my current operating hypothesis, and if Fauci wasn't so uh, approve, approving of the CCP regime, we would have more details about this. But essentially, what I believe happened is that uh, the virus escaped from a some form of military operation uh, because how you know that is that China said first when it came out that American military brought it over. So what that means probably is that they did it, right? By the military, they, by accident, right? Uh, it, it escaped. They thought it was really serious. So it, they, they thought this was like SARS on steroids, right? Because SARS is a super deadly disease, like 25, 30% mortality rate, right? It's very, very deadly. And they thought it was highly, highly transmissible. So they freaked out, right? And then they realized, I think probably like February of 2020, that, oh, wait, this actually isn't that bad. And we super overreacted and we probably killed a bunch of people in that process, like causing hysteria and we locked people indoors and we prevent the beating. And then and then all of a sudden, if you look at the news, it just kind of stops. After February, like when, when Italy was being hit, right, and, and, and Europe was freaking out, Europe was going to lockdowns, they just sort of stopped. The data stopped coming out. They, they kind of, the CCP went quiet because I think what they were like saying, you know what? All of our enemies are now freaking out about this. We initially freaked out. Let's just let them figure this out on their own, right? And I think that's what they did. They they, they then let the the chips fall as they may, uh, and kind of let us do what we did for the last two years. What do you think about that? The the Chinese doctor who died early on. The the guy. Um, oh, you mean uh, it was a female? Uh, you're talking about the 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 bat coronavirus? No, not the bat. Not the bat lady. There was there was that guy. The bat lady didn't die, did she? She, she died disappeared. Too? She disappeared, right. There was yeah. a guy early on who died. And there was another guy who fell out of a window over there. Or or maybe it was in Russia. <laughs> God, there were some there were some crazy things that happened in the beginning that I was like, okay, let me ask you this. Let's just, let me just get crazy and then I'll bring us back on track. Uh, this is I can yeah. what about the ivermectin plant that burnt down in like Taipei or wherever? The the, the world's largest. Do you remember uh, that thing? Yeah, I, so so a lot of the like treatment stuff, it's like it, it's it. There there was a lot of dirty data that came out about uh, therapies, and uh-huh. uh, both from the sense of like I think uh, things that probably do work, like uh, I think a lot of the steroid treatments and stuff that came have come out like were effective. That was actually because I got COVID in Italy uh, when it was first like we didn't think it was spreading that fast, and I was super sick for two weeks. And what month was that? What me. month was that? That was January of twenty twenty. Oh wow! Uh, okay, and, so you were there yeah. right in it. Yeah. And so like, and I didn't know what it was. In fact, when I went to the doctor in San Francisco, that there, she came in with like face shield mask. Oh, whatever. so you brought it here to the States. You're one of the Yeah. And so it's, this was literally a question goes like, have you been to China? And I was like, that's racist. No, I was kidding. Uh, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh it was a, just so it was a hydrochloroquine uh, factory that burned down in Taiwan. I had my city wrong and the drug wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. HCL. Okay. okay. Um, so, uh, and then she, and I said, no, I was in Italy. And she goes, oh, okay. She took all her stuff off. And she goes, okay, I think you just probably have the flu, whatever, right? It, de- it definitely was, was COVID. So, um, but like uh, the, these treatment stuff, uh, it, it's hard to measure a lot of the response rates because of how they do the sampling and how they do the controls. And so, for example, that, that there was that, um, um, 
Veterans Affairs study when Trump was pushing uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine. And and so that study was basically a lie. Like they literally invented the data and, and altered it to where it made Trump look bad. And now we know that for sure. Like, like literally the studies have been withdrawn. It's been like criticized all around, even from like, you know, mass Nazis and stuff. Like it, it is an embarrassing study and was used as propaganda. Right. And so a lot of these things that come out, eventually we see like later as time goes on, which is why we shouldn't be pushing medicine unless it has time to gestate and people look at it. Uh, and, and you can see the sort of effects or don't see sort of the effects. Um, the, uh, so, so there are treatments that we basically rejected. Uh, because AKA it was like for political reasons. One was the antibody treatments, uh, which should work like logically, like from a biological, it's like, it should work. And they were denied for, uh, for over a year. Why? Because president Trump was pushing it. Right. And if you look at the most recent example with governor DeSantis, uh, who also was pushing it, like you saw, you know, Biden basically respond to where, Oh, you can't actually have those treatments. Right. So like, this is where like science, which I know in the CrossFit world, right nutrition and, 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 and fitness science have always been intermingled with politics. And that's something that CrossFit, you know, we've been living through, but like the, the culmination, I think of people, you know, the COVID thing was that now the insanity that we thought was only in academia, we used to just joke around being like, Oh, those are just people who work in universities. It's not going to impact my life. Literally they were causing people to go unemployed, causing the world to implode over literally no data. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and stopping and kids from going to school. Hey, my kids, my kids can't go to school in California. Why? Because they're because they don't take the drugs. My kids aren't on the drugs. Oh, oh, really? They still enforce that? Really? Wow. All sorts, That's dude. All sorts. Mm-hmm. You should see the the protocol. It's crazy. Not just COVID. All of them. All the drugs, dude. Hey, once you figure out COVID was a scam and that that vaccine was a scam, and then you just like scratch like this hard on the surface of the measles vaccine, the whole mm-hmm. fucking thing starts to fall apart. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, but, it's but, it, go ahead. No, yeah, like, and I don't know anything about the is it the MM, MMR? Yeah, I don't know anything about about those stuff. Like, 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 well, this is not my. You will when you have I, kids, I, buddy. You will if you have kids. You'll kids. you'll look into it and you'll be like, oh my god, duh, it was a scam from the beginning. Well, what I believe fundamentally about um, the way government should work and interact with people is like I believe in the sovereignty of the individual, but not because the individual doesn't make bad decisions it's because the other side of the decision making paradigm which could be like the collective has so many negative massive secondary effects that are so harmful to the world that you shouldn't even encroach right yeah certainly individuals will do bad things but but the thing is like it's much more controllable than if you have the collective do bad things uh and i and, and the same applies to like free speech and censorship right it's not like because I'm a, a, a free speech, almost purist and absolutist. Uh, I'm not in certain scenarios, but those are very specific, very narrow. And they've basically been adjudicated through the Supreme Court in a very uh, in such a bulletproof manner that like I basically follow that. But either way, if you think about free speech, it's the same thing. I don't I'm, I don't believe in free speech because there's not like there's bad people who say mean things to you like get that is humanity. Right. It, it is the reality. It's because giving someone that power to mitigate that. Is, has so much negative secondary effects, it's not worth even encroaching, right? And and so I always say that I have the Mark Cuban, uh, who is a moderate, you know, you know Mark Cuban, is like, he's a moderate Republican, sometimes Democrat, VC, uh, basketball owner. He says, I want to know who the stupid people are. That's basically my free speech position. Like, what is the downside of having people who are really awful and gross and grotesque saying what they want? Oh, now I know that person, right? Now I can block that person, right? You don't have to read their stuff. Like, I, I don't understand 
this like movement, which COVID like epitomized, right? COVID was the culmination of Trump hysteria, authoritarianism that just peaked itself, right? Like, I don't understand this obsession of like being a parent, like in, in the room when someone says something you don't like, but you don't even know that person. And, and, and taking one statement that they made and, and dehumanizing to the point where like they haven't done anything else in their life. And, and I, I have no sympathy for that. I, I, it's hard for me to even like intellectually understand but like that is like where our culture is today. Uh, it was just terrifying. Like that we the can't perfect, just deal with different. The perfect example, I think. I'm trying to understand like the the big ones of what you of what you said. But when when Trump was in office and they were developing the mRNA concoction, mm-hmm. the, the, I mean, we've all seen the video. There's a there's an amazing edited together video of all the the high profile Democrats saying they'll never fucking take it because it was made while yep. Trump was in office. And the second he was out of office, they flipped the script. Mm-hmm. And I think that perfect perfectly illustrates what you're saying. It's it's like this crazy hysteria. And you're right. I don't intellectually understand it either. I, I intellectually do not understand how you could make that jump just based on who was office when that was made. Maybe there is. Mm-hmm. It's not like he, it's not like Donald Trump was in the lab making that shit himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think one of his pubic right? hair got in there or something like, <laughs> like what, what, uh, but he used the word sovereignty. Sovereignty means supreme power or authority. And Aaron Jin, as in the drink believes that us as individuals have the supreme power or authority over ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Over ourselves. Um, how about the abortion one? That one's kind of crazy, right? Uh, in one sense. Cause the, the the girl has to have supreme authority over herself, but the baby in there needs to have supreme authority over itself. One of my oh, friends explained yeah. it to me like this. He said, when the girl lets the head of the penis crest past her labia, that's where she has to make the decision. That's where she has supreme authority over herself. And then once it crests past that, then then the baby gets uh, is, is renting uh, space in the stomach that it now the constitution now belongs. It now has sovereignty inside the womb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, know where I, I fall on it, but I don't want to kill babies, but I don't want to put rules on yeah. girls. So I'm all fucked well, up well, on this one. Well, well no, I, I think, I think that they're, they're just because you have a, uh, I'll, I'll phrase this in a, in a maybe a political sense. So, so like one reason why libertarians uh, and I have very strong libertarian leanings on many things lose elections, right? Is because they because they, they don't have any meaningful power. Like they make stands that like I mostly agree with, right? It's because they're more interested in being having a pure position than actually being effective, and 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 very much so that like you know Cato, which is you know I'm, as you know right, you've been to Cato. I went over there a few times. Like, yeah, kind of, yeah, a bunch of smart people like you, where I want to be like, oh, what's that word mean? <laughs> <laughs> So, so the building faces away from Congress because they're always a third wheel. Like they have oh, no I didn't know that. Ever. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Their back is facing, right? Is because they want to be the outside force, right? So, so the, the the interest that I have in terms of like when you think about like what does it mean to have individual sovereignty doesn't mean that you don't have other competing principles, right? Because wisdom is the application of principles. It doesn't mean like that every time you always absolutely peers follow that, right? Because it's a rule, it's a rubric. It doesn't mean that every moment like of every day you follow it. Uh, a, a good example is when you think about like murder, right? So like I believe murder is wrong, right? But is there a difference between manslaughter? Is there a difference between first and second, third? 
All right. Of course there is, right? Because because motivation it matters premeditative. It matters significantly when you murder somebody, right? If you do it by accident or you do it in grades of premeditation, it doesn't mean that like because someone did it from a from a from an accident perspective that you're now opposed to murder. Of course not. Because judgment is the application, wisdom, application of principles. Uh, and our society for some reason, and I think this goes down to the, this trustless, like we're losing trust in institutions like overwhelmingly, right? Is because we have removed the humanity uh, from making judgment. Oh, uh, so we yes. want we want these purest rules that are sort yeah. of like insane and absurd, right? Like as in like always wear a mask, always wear a mask, right? And you're like, but really, like, but is that what is really? Maybe I can understand in the healthcare setting, I can understand in like other environments, but but there's no wisdom, right? Because we don't trust people, and and I think this is like the failure of of currently where we are in our country. Is because you, to be free, you have to trust people. So going back to the individual soldiery, that's how it works, right? It's, it's not because I want everyone to be an isolated libertarian living in Montana. It's because you have the choice of who to create social relationships with, to create trust between people, because mm-hmm. you are ultimately the best person to make that decision, not the government, not anybody else. So that is the founding idea, is that we can trust people to make social bonds. And our society now... Uh, this is why I think CrossFit is so effective is because it, it became a, like, like a church, like I'm, I'm a devout evangelical Christian and, and it became a, a religion to people who did mm. not have any form of way of trusting people and it drew them in and they're like, Oh, I have a framework. I have values and norms and I have, I have rituals, right? I have the open and I have, I have these heroes, right? It, it's like the hero's journey, right? They, they have all that. Uh, and, and so for us to return back to, I think the orientation, which like uh, I want desperately, is like we have to learn to trust people again and let them fail and forgive. So wokeism is, I think, a, a one reason why it's so hard. I think to like pinpoint, like like you said about like w- like woke woke brain created that vaccine logic, right? Orange man made it bad. Now Biden produces it great in a pharma company, which still right. boggles, boggles my. Oh, pharma company makes it, so it's great, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give it to it, your it, kids. Just, Give it to your kids. Yeah. The younger like the better. Three year olds. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Inject though, them. Like, inject no them. Ad- Yes. Yeah, even though they're far more likely to die of the flu, like almost like a hundred times more likely to die of the flu. Like, and and we have the it's so so the, there's this like weird pattern in wokeism that is so hard to pin down because it's an anti theology. It doesn't. It, there's nothing there. It's just anti something, right? Uh, and it goes down to when you have a trustless this the society that we're in, where it's like such a uh, lack of trust between people and strangers and trusting their judgment, basically letting them make mistakes like trusting them to, you know, not have these crazy onerous rules that make them do insane things within the government. Uh, and so instead, like wokeism inserts itself because it creates some resemblance of values and norms and rituals, right? Because uh, there is there's all that. There's there's a penance, there's a sin, right? There's public witch burning. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and so Sacrifice. like, I, I, yeah. So, so the way to like, I think, prevent the society from drifting down to this horrible Marxist direction that we're going is we basically get people back involved in social institutions that create good people, that create norms and, and values between them and, and fabrics that allow them to basically see people more as they are, which is that humans make mistakes. Humans do great things and do bad things, right? Aaron, you know what um, I was thinking the other day? You just helped me flush it out one more level. You're probably going to just completely define it for me, which would be great. Um, all, all of us are religious, but we don't know it in the same way that all of us need to breathe air. By that, I mean, um, 
if you you don't think if, if you don't think you have a religion, that means you have a religion and you don't know what it is. It would be as dumb as yep. me saying that I don't have I don't breathe. And you'd be like, oh, this guy fucking doesn't get what he's, he doesn't understand respiration and what's going on. We're, we we have an amulet inside of us somewhere mm-hmm. and it needs it needs like things to survive. And those things are oxygen and uh, it doesn't necessarily need uh, um, uh, shelter, but it needs oxygen and some food. And uh, um, and it has a desire to uh, to fornicate or ejaculate or procreate. It's driven like heavily by that. And then also it has a religion. But since we can't touch that thing, people forget we have it. But I'm, at 50 years old, I'm finally realizing, holy shit, everyone I know has a religion. And some people literally – I don't mm-hmm. even mean this with any poetic license. Mm-hmm. Some people, their fucking religion is Don Lemon. Yeah. It fills that hole, right? Yeah. Hole in the heart. Like you have to have it to exist. Yep. It's that and ideology I'm, though, right? It's the ideology of the left. That is the religion. Is but I'm saying. not even saying that is like in a poetic way. I mean, like, like you literally need that. Like you need air, but you, mm-hmm. but since we don't call it religion. Yeah. I, I guess maybe we need to change what it, what we call it. I mean, but then the religious people will probably think it's blasphemy. <laughs> no, like, but they I mean, put something in there that shouldn't yeah. be in there. It's like trying to stick a fucking candle in the back of a battery to get in the back of a flashlight to get it to work. It's like, dude, that thing doesn't work on candle power. It's a fucking battery that goes in there. They have all their shit fucked up. And I'm not a religious man at all, but I'm starting to get it. Like, oh Greek shit, God. I better pick something because I better figure out what my religion is because I got one. There's a Greek word for it, isn't it? Like padadia. Where it's baked in. Oh, yeah. Get Aaron. Tell Aaron something he doesn't know. That would be fucking awesome. What's uh, 3652? Clip that. (laughs) Go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say, that's something that the Greek always baked into it. It was the culture of like, which is what you were saying, Savon, which was their religion. And so it was kind of baked into the way that they behaved in society, the way that they conducted themselves. And one of the things that was there was a, a, a power higher than themselves. And so they were all able to operate within this freedom under the kingdom of Christ, which was the higher power mm-hmm. above them. And this was baked into all their teachings, even though they were more, um, they were still acceptable of all other religions. It was kind of unifying everything under a God. And apparently, if you were to say, where did this uh, trend start? Where did the crack of the dam go before we all skewed away from that? Is they, they normally say they, the educational system, right? Is where that patia was lost, and then the new ideology of the woke was implanted. Would you raise your kids as Christians if you had kids, or would you let them find? Were you raised as a Christian, or did you have to find that on your own? I was not. I was I was not raised as a Christian. Uh, So, and I'm I am the only evangelical Christian in like my whole broader family as well. Okay. Uh, And so, like, I was very strongly challenged from my dad when I had my interaction with Christ when I was very late in high school, like 17 or 18. Uh, but, but I already believed in, uh, which is like, you're, you're touching at so many trends that like, um, let me, let me phrase it this way. Every idea has a parent, right? There's a source, but not all parents explain, uh, not all parents explain all ideas, right? There's a lineage that creates what we believe today. And I was pursuing that in, in high school and college being like, why do I believe what I believe? Like, what is the source? And so many Americans don't see that there, if you go read John Rawls, uh, who I, I find a, a very uh, interesting but very evil, had a lot of very evil ideas, you can read almost every single, and he was in the 70s and 80s and stuff like that, who was when he became popular. Are you talking about you the can children's read all book, the, that, that whole thick, all those children's book, Rawl? Rawl? No, no, he's like, he's a political philosopher. Oh, uh, oh so okay, okay. He, he, So the whole idea, even like the abortion debate, as you, as you mentioned, all of the language of that was defined by him. 
right? Uh, you go read the the uh, the idea of like personhood and individuality, experience, emotion, right? It's it's all there, like in all of his writings before it ever became mainstream. And, and so what I would want, like people in this age of where we're almost in this anti-philosophy age, is go read actually the people that define the way you think. And you will be utterly terrified about what the, the lives of those people, what they actually did with them. Uh, so, uh, so an amazing example is uh, I think that humanity went through in the last sort of uh, 2000 years, so these different phases of man and man, I mean, mankind, not to, you know, <laughs> just dudes. Right. So it, there is this, there's evolution. I think of, like, uh, I was a, thinking of Roald Dahl. God damn it. I'm, this show is no, just full of gaffes. Yeah. John, John Rawls, so, <laughs> I was uh, thinking uh, Willy Wonka. That guy could be considered uh, evil. James and the giant peach or whatever the fuck he wrote. Okay. 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 Yes. Yeah, so, 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 so seeing where these ideas came from, and I hate the yeah. way um, I knew that I know whenever the abortion topic comes up, people couch it wrong too. It's like how they couch it is how they want you to act, how they want you to think about it, like pro-choice, pro-life. Like I don't want to think about it like that. I don't want to think about it the way they yeah. want me to think about it. What is the justification? Of what is a human? Like that—that's yeah. actually what the debate is, right? Is human DNA written into into code in the body, or is it? No pain. Is it heartbeat? Is it, you know, age, right? I mean, some of the most, uh, uh, what's the right word for it? Like definitional atheists of our time believe that you can kill a baby up to his five years old because their definition of human is like contribution to society and brain development, right? Wow. So wow. like, yeah. So so it, it mm. all goes back to your presuppositions. What is your definition right. that like motivates yourself? And I would say most Americans uh, today don't understand that the absurdist movement, the existentialist movement, which is like French and German philosophy, defines the way they think about everything, like about individuality and experience is the most important thing. And you go read those people like uh, like Derrida, uh, Paul Sartre, like uh, you look at all these different their lives, Nietzsche, Sigmund Freud, uh, it, their lives are awful. Like these people are terrible people. And you, but you read their writings and it's like, that's how people talk to me. Like specifically Freudian logic is, is so per, per like everywhere, per, like I would say promiscuous, which he, he would actually use that word in a positive way. So it's everywhere in society that we, we make these definitions of identity and meaning around, uh, for Freud, it was basically your relationship with your parents and sex, right? right? But if you go back to someone in the 1920s, that's not the way they thought about the world at all. They thought the, right. the world revolved around duty, religion, society, mm -hmm. like how to serve your family and how to lead your family. So if, if you take someone from the 1920s and like put them today or take, you know, a freaking high school kill, uh, kid now, put them in the 1920s, they would have no idea what's even going on. They don't even understand what you're saying to them from like a, a meaning and metaphysical perspective. Because as, as you said to the point earlier that everyone has a religion, absolutely. Like uh, the meaning that we need in this world uh, has to come from something greater than ourselves. And for those that choose to make meaning devoted to only the material, you end up with really bad things. Uh, and I and I, I don't understand the sort of new atheists that kind of like fell away because new atheists like that would be you know Dawkins for example they opened the door for wokeism because th they thought oh this would be clever and funny to like eliminate Judeo-Christian values right and then they saw the monster that came from it which was Marxism right because guess what a uh, hundred years ago we already learned that lesson right when you remove the Judeo-traditional value framework which is like uh, Imago Dei. Every person's an image bearer of God. Everyone deserves equal justice. Uh, that there are, there are duties and social norms that transcend the individual. These are all Judeo-Christian norms, right? When you remove that, because it's all fun and dandy, and like, oh, like, you know, I can't prove this, can't prove that, 
like you actually end up to the devolution destruction of society and like freedom goes away. But this is exactly what Marx wrote, what Engels wrote, what Nietzsche wrote. Like these are all things that we already know. And then now people are surprised, like wokeism appears, but it's like, but for when I was growing up in high school, that was the mantra. It was dumb to be Christian. It was stupid to be Christian. Right. right? right. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I had an interaction with Christ and I like felt this immediate um, amazing relief of grace. The fact that I didn't have to earn my salvation. I didn't have to earn love. And guess what? I'm much more happier person. <laughs> and I, it's also works. Like th- that's, that's what I never understood about like new, a- new atheism. It's like, it doesn't work. It doesn't create human flourishing. Nobody's it's proven in the Pew studies. Religious people are far more happier. They live longer. They have more kids. They're more wealthy, more successful. They have less, you know, drug addictions to whatever. And then new atheism comes. It's like, Oh, I'm going to create the problem of evil and try to like, Oh, but then you ask them, well, what's your answer to the problem of evil? I don't have an answer. Oh, okay. Because you just, you're just like a little child that just like poke, poke, poke and criticize people and don't have any meaningful philosophy behind you. You're just, you, you just want to critique and to criticize. You have nothing yeah. behind yeah. what you actually believe. Yeah. That, I mean, you just described me until you just described me until I was 39. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I had some pretty profound, I had some pretty profound experiences at a, at a younger age in my twenties that, that made me realize that the unknown exists, you know, yeah. I, 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 I never was willing to, uh, to this day, I'm not willing to define it, but I, I definitely, uh, cultivated enough awareness to become aware of the unknown. And, 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 and it feels good though. Like, it feels oh, it's the greatest you... thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. And I can understand people like you because of it. Someone came on the show the other day, Aaron, and I'm like, God, I really just don't even, I don't even understand what morals are. And, and I just don't get what I just don't like, cause I don't have anything in me. I don't. And he said, well, what about objective moralism? I'm like, that sounds crazy. What's objective moralism. And he goes, well, um, uh, would you want anyone to hurt you? And I said, no. And he goes, is that why you don't hurt other people? I said, exactly. He goes, those are your fucking morals. T- today I pulled up at the gas station. Let me float my boat for a second. I pulled up at the gas station. There's a guy in the pump in front of me, and he thinks I'm going to hit him. And he's probably like 80, 85. And he's leaned up against his car, and he starts screaming at me. <laughs> fucking screaming. <laughs> so I'm, uh, And so I, I, I get out of my minivan, and I go, what's up, pops? And he goes, you, and he goes you were going to hit me. And I go, I'm so sorry. I was going one mile an hour, by the way. I was trying going back and forth to try to get closer to the pump because I'd make a weird angle at it. And I go, I'm sorry, Pops. I go, that was totally my bad. I'm so sorry. And I'm hearing these words come out of my mouth. And I'm like, wow, I, I, I can't even believe it's me. I'm like, wow, Savon, you really are a nice guy. Like, <laughs> and, then, and then he goes, and so then I said, sorry to me. He goes, I'm not good at hearing. So I walk closer to him and I talk louder. And I can tell now he's got something wrong with him because he's leaning against his car. And I go, um, hey, I'm sorry. It was my fault. I'm sorry. I'm totally sorry. You good? And he's like, yeah, I go, I'm sorry. I'll be more careful. And so I walk back to my pump and he's, he starts yelling that he can't figure out how to work the pump. So I go <laughs> over to him and I said, sir. And he goes, yeah, what? And I go, I'm going to go inside and I'm going to get a lady and she's going to come out here and she's going to fix all this for you. And he goes, you will? And I go, yeah. And I go inside and get her and the whole thing works out, right? And he says, thank you. And I can tell he's probably embarrassed for yelling at me. But I guess those are, that's just, the, the, I guess that's what my morals are. But but I but I don't know where I I don't know where I got them. Well, well, there there's a um, so so something that like defines as a, one of those. But it did feel good, like you said. I felt great. I drove away, and I'm like, I'm the shit. I'm, I'm spreading <laughs> yeah. good in the world. I'm spreading good. Yeah, I mean, good. like like you, you know, it. like yeah. atheists would be like, oh, you just did that to feel good. I'm like, well, 
don't you want to feel good if you do something good? I don't even understand yeah. like that critique. I used to hear that all the time that like, so you want me to be reinforced by bad things? I don't understand what this, this critique is, right? There's, just, there's no end, right? And and so the real question then is like tabula rasa, right? So what is the the written code within humans, right? So tabula rasa people, which generally are biased towards more leftists, that's like uh, like Soren Kierkegaard, right? So that like there or um, uh, oh, what's his name, John? Uh, crap, uh, he, uh, I'll remember his name in a second. But he, he wrote a very famous libertarian book. Uh, a lot of the English Latin people were also ta- tabula rasa folks. So they're saying that there's blank slate, Latin for blank slate. So so as in when you're born that like you have nothing there and it's only conditional uh social structure training right and so the judeo-christian view is not that judeo-christian view is that you're born good and evil are inside of you as in the in the garden like you you the intended of your life was good but you're born into sin because of what happened to adam and eve uh and so morality is built into your programming right and so leftist orientation in our in our political culture believes in tabula rasa and you can see that in the way that they recommend solutions right they recommend top-down solutions because they see that badness in our in our country is motivated by systems, oh. by groups of people, right? Not by individuals, right? Versus oh. like the geo-Christian view, more conservative and sometimes libertarian view, is that it's the individual. Uh, so that's why you have to work on yourself. Don't worry about other people, right? Uh, and this is what the conflict Ooh. is, right? Uh, it, I, I say that in like my, my when I think about like American uh, political philosophy. It, it's a combination of like Roman, French, and, and English, like all of them kind of mixed together, right? And that's what created our constitution and the Bill of Rights. You have a lot of French in it, which is like TJ, my favorite founding father, Madison, right? Who are, who are very heavily French inspired, who follow the tabula rasa framework. Systems are what makes bad people, right? Then you have the English side, which is generally the federalist group, well, who believe that actually self-restraint is the only way to freedom. And that, by the way, the person that was pushing that was John Adams, who oh. was an atheist, right? Very wrote several times he was an atheist, right? But but he but he believed fundamentally that until you had you needed to enforce good religion in the country to be free. Uh, and so they, he did they as an atheist. That's where I'm at now, yeah. and that's what happened to me in my 20s. You nailed it perfectly. I realized, yeah. holy shit, I'm not doing top down anymore. I'm bottom up. I'm 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 working mm-hmm. on myself. Yeah, like John. Yeah. John wrote to to his wife several times, uh, citing the fact of like he goes to church not because you know he believed in it, but because like it makes good people and is what yeah. our country needs, right? Yeah. Uh, and and Thomas Jefferson carried around the Bible, right? Like uh, when he was president. So and he he is a, a very you know publicly uh, like accepted atheist uh, or agnostic or deist. I mean, deism is fundamentally kind of like all the kind of the same thing, right? If, if God exists and he doesn't interact in our world, like I don't know what the difference is between these these beliefs, right? So so the or set up a watchmaker, leave it agnostic, he exists, but doesn't get involved. Like that's practically all atheism. It's the same thing. So the but but the but there is a clear orientation I think in in the way they create our society was that even though uh, TJ he did not you know believe in Christianity, he didn't believe in the deity of Christ. He like made his own version of the Bible. Well, why did he do that? It's because not because he hated the Bible. It's because he respected so much of the teachings of Judeo-Christian thought that he wanted to create a version that was more accurate in his view. It was not out of disrespect. It was actually for respect. He's, I mean, he's wrong in, in terms of his orientation, but like you have to kind of like uh, you have to like uh, understand that his or, his motivation was trying to get to the truest version of Christian teachings. and so that was coming from an atheist, right? Uh, and and same with like George Washington. I mean, we still uh, 
inaugurate the president on George Washington's Bible, right? Uh, George Washington had like a mediocre faith at best, like, a, you know, sort of a, an average Anglican, maybe. Uh, so, hey, it's actually I, I, George's. I, it's actually George's Bible that the dudes put their hands on. It's 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 either Lincoln or Washington. I forgot which one. But someone uh, cool's yeah. Bible. It's actually you get to touch yeah. it. Wow. Yes. Um. And and so the like, uh, the Aaron is the opposite of Lex Friedman. Yeah, I can't listen to Lex Friedman. I agree. He is oh, the opposite. I I don't I don't listen to Lex. He's I, just I very like slow. He's Lex. very he speaks. Um. He's on fentanyl and you're on meth. Two, two, two totally different things. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, like the, the uh, I think you're right in terms of as you got older that you saw that there there is something inside of us that needs to be trained that is oriented towards morality, and you don't exist in a vacuum to where oh I'm the smartest person in the world and I'm going to be this atheist. Uh, it's actually like freedom resides resides in humbling yourself and realizing you can't know everything. I mean, literally can't. I mean. 90, 90 plus percentage of the universe is unmeasurable. There's no way to know anything about it, right? It, it, it's completely unmeasurable. Like it doesn't exist within our ability of science. Greg just told me what you're saying today. He goes, can you imagine walking around thinking you're the smartest fucking person alive and telling people to take injections and wear masks and to put down mm -hmm. this whole like the fucking arrogance of just so many fucking people? Yeah. It, exactly yeah. what you were saying. It, 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 crazy. But, yeah, there, there, is, there is something – freeing and being humble and in terms of accepting that I'm not the smartest person in the world. I'm not the strongest on this. And, and it's kind of also like my attitude towards CrossFit is that like, I knew I was never going to go to the games, right? It's, it, and it's just kind of motivation that people, and you know them like that, like they're there every day. And, but you just know, like, like, you know, I know athletes and you're like, there's no way you're going, but did you see, they just obsess and they like, and they like, you know, melt from their face when they are off by 30 seconds or whatever. And like, yeah. I didn't go to CrossFit because it's fun. Like, yeah. and it's something to meet people who are of other similar personalities to me and values of me. Uh, but like anything that puts in that place, that hole that does not, in my view, belong to God is in what creates these bad pathologies in our culture. Uh, cause, cause it's not like, so sin and, and the Bible is, uh, most often referred to as Hata. Uh, and, and so Hata doesn't mean like the, like, happy, I think people understand sin is like, oh, it's bad. That's not what that actually that word means. What it means is to miss the mark, right? So if you think about like the, the theology in Christian in Christian life, and this is how it applies to our world, can I see you in a second, is that it's about where it's pointing. It's not about the desire itself inside. It's not about like the fact you want to pull the bow and shoot it. It's that it's you're pointing at the wrong place. And and the same with the CrossFit. It's like mm -hmm. CrossFit in my worldview is very healthy. I do it because I like the people. It's fun. I get to like hang out with people like you and Greg. Right. But the people that like, you know, are never going to make it to the games. It's like self-destructive. It's it it, it it so weighs on their soul rather than just me going to them like, hey, you're not going to make it. And guess what? That's OK. Right? right. And the world will continue. Right. Right. And, and same with masks. It's not like like I don't think it's never OK to wear a mask. Like I understand the studies around hospital settings looks really valid. You should probably do that. Right. But to then make it a carte blanche because you fear wisdom and judgment and humanity. Right. To have any of those, you need to see people as humans. Right. Uh, you get to these absolute idealistic rules and these insane statements around 99 percent effective vaccine. Like and I remember yeah. when that came out, I was like, that's total BS. No vaccines ever work that way. No, no vaccines ever work that way. You're telling me some something that they synchronize via a computer, like sequence via a computer that you try a, a new platform, mRNA, which, by the way, has been around for a number of decades, was never approved for anything. 
because of how right. dangerous it was. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden, boom, it works. Like, like, come on, like, I'm not stupid. Right. Right. Uh, it, but, but you, you have this, like when you put that thing there and you don't have something to check yourself, which is like humbling yourself before God another creator, someone else you hold accountable yourself to, you get to these weird, really idealistic behaviors because it, it, it's not like, again, that I'm opposed to vaccines. I'm opposed to masks. I'm, I'm opposed to you saying people that if you don't wear a mask, you're going to kill somebody. Like, right, or right. or we don't get vaccine, you're going to kill somebody, right? Yeah, that's the insane thing. Especially when there's no data to prove it, and you see that you see that there's no data, and yet if you say it, you can still get people to believe it. At that point, there's mm-hmm. become something like uh, overtly malicious. Mm-hmm. I, I mean. It, there was this study that came. Oh, actually, I want to. Um, can, can we play? I have to pee. Can we play uh, something for fifty-five <laughs> seconds while I run to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, we got the uh, we got the affiliate commercial. We always got that in the queue. Uh, okay, okay, here we go. You don't even have to want to do CrossFit. You don't have to want to be a coach. You don't have to want to be a trainer. If you just want the operating manual to your body, it's not just forging elite fitness. It's the operating manual to the human genome. You'll take this CrossFit Level 1 seminar and you will walk away inspired. From the second you leave, your entire life will change. You will make significant changes to your life because you are excited. You will, you will start tweaking with your diet. You'll start tweaking with your movement. You'll start tweaking with who you hang out with. Everything will take a shift. For some people, it'll be massive. For some people, it'll be a little bit. No matter what, you'll move towards a better life. Everyone is going to sense it in you that you are more accountable, more personally responsible, happier, more helpful, more more thoughtful human being. And you'll be nicer to look at. You might talk too much shit about CrossFit, but... Uh, Someone said, am am I... I too am using the restroom. Yeah, that's good. Well, you can just take your phone in with you and and like this and well, um, Aaron, this, do you, I don't, to go back a little bit, you know, there was this boat that, um, cruise ship off the coast of Japan and mm-hmm. they quarantined all the people in there. And, uh, that was kind of the beginning. And I, one of my coworkers, Brian Mulvaney's like, Hey dude, you got to follow this story. Cause prior to that, I was obsessing on the story with the guy who was killed in the, um, Saudi Arabia embassy. Do you remember that reporter that was killed in Turkey? Yeah. I was obsessing uh, on that story. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's yeah. like, Hey dude, I got a new story for you. You got to obsess on uh and you remember they chopped that guy up, right? They ended up having the audio yep. recording. That shit was crazy. Yep. And so, so I started obsessing on it and I remember seeing the data come out really early from China and the data was this, uh, the vast majority of deaths, I forget what the percentage were, were men who are 65 years old who had been smoking for 30 years or more. And then the second largest demographic of deaths were the wives who were living with those men. And I remember mm-hmm. at that point thinking, okay, that means that, uh, that means that it's, it's, you, it's not even a, it's not even a, a cause to be old. It's just a, it's a correlate. And I don't even know if it's a strong correlate. And I had some doctors on who would say, yeah, being old is one of the um, vulnerable groups. And I said, no, I think that's a, I think that's misspeak. And they said, why? I said, one, there's no studies that just break people out by age. And by the time you're 70, you've had 50 years to do bad shit. So you mm-hmm. could be drinking Coke for 50 years. And so if I can't isolate those variables, and I'm not suggesting that your immune system doesn't wane as you get older. Mm-hmm. 
but but no one's like you're still scaring old people by saying old people are vulnerable. It's only old people who are vulnerable, in my opinion, who've been doing dumb lifestyle choices for 30 years. Now you're vulnerable. You just had longer to fuck up. And, uh, and, and that's how I knew. That's when I was like, OK, I'm not doing shit. Yeah, there. So two things. Like one is that the uh, the original report written by our uh, dispatch to the WHO, uh, Marie Maria Marie Ben Cove, she wrote the first report, which was like in the January, I believe, early February, of being on the ground in Wuhan. Uh, which, by the way, she only had like two days there because the CCP monitored the rest of the time. She's been in Shanghai, so uh, a lot of the report proved out to be accurate. She's like, there was no evidence real transmission through business settings. It was kind of meaningless transmission. Schools were like, children were almost no impacted. And she basically identified all these like comorbidity stuff that was going on, being obese as an example. And and so that early report showed that like all of these impacts that they were doing, lockdowns, and at the beginning of that pandemic, WHO was against masks, right? Because they saw it wasn't working in, in China. Um, and also just the way the aerosol protocols like work, it just doesn't make sense. It's w- way smaller than the actual mask, uh, like the filtering mechanism in it. Like the, uh, uh, so, so in that original report, if you would have followed that, that, that would have basically been the most probably the wise guys. And that's where we are today. That like, if you have these pathologies, if you have these comorbidities, watch out, everybody else kind of do what you want. Right. And if you get sick, stay home. Right. And and I was really early on also believing that asymmetric spread was minimal to non-existent. Uh, and, and that actually bore out in the data that the transmission rates were, were far, far, far lower because in that initial report, it also showed that as well. Uh, the second piece of data that you can look at is in Europe, they actually have done studies to normalize uh, behaviors you would see in, in life, like over the age groups. And so when they actually remove like obesity as an example, the mortality rate was so magnifying different of someone who's like 75 and fat versus 75 that like it almost was like a non-issue. Yes, it gradually increased with age if you removed obesity, but it was such a magnitude difference that it's like doesn't matter, right? You're talking about a 3% increase in mortality from someone who's 20 and not fat and not fat versus like fat to fat, right? Like as in, if you're fat, it's like dead, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so that's why I, I, I thought the whole recommendations that they were pushing out, right, closing CrossFit gyms to you know, staying at home, watching Netflix, like it was just all insane. It was, it was, it was, uh, and, and, the, and the people actually doing the work, we just forgot about like these essential workers were like, who cares about them? Let me stay in my house and feed me. Right. Like that, like that cartoon movie, right. Where they're driving on the little floating things and just stuffing food. In the oh things, yeah. Right? A Wally, Wally. Yeah. 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 I like it. And, and I, I thought like the whole lockdown thing was like a classist attack on, on average working people. Uh, and, and it, it's really sad because th- I think that is the, the predominant <clears throat> political battle we're facing is classism. We have a bunch of people who are very powerful, not necessarily rich, just a bunch of people who are really powerful who go hang out in Davos, right? Davos crew. And they think that they should control everything. They, they, you know, most of the time they are jealous of people who are very successful, who actually did something in this life. And so they create these little entities, excess elites is another way of phrasing it, who give them meaning and purpose, Right. And so they think that they deserve to control everything uh, and and kind of like rule over these fiefdoms so they can be rich. Like, you know, AOC, right, is a great example of this, overly educated. I don't know why she always talks about that. She grew up in some like, you know, uh, inner city thing, right? She grew up in a very sort of successful, like uh, upper middle class, you know, family. And and then, you know, she's a bartender because she's part of the excess elite, highly educated. And then she goes to government and like talks both sides of her mouth, right? Oh, 
like we want to defeat against these, you know, Davos crew, but then, you know, she makes herself rich. Right. And yeah. this is the grift, yeah. right? Like they, this is the grift we're living through as societies. We somehow expect this guy who, by the way, is like such a, every evil movie is like this guy, right? Like, yeah. Talks, How is right? this guy real? How is this guy <laughs> know, real? Right? It's a, it's insane. <laughs> it's a, no, and I feel like, I feel, you know, try to be uh, empathetic. Like I feel bad that he's the, the source of all these like memes and stuff. But at the same time, it's like these people have never really been punched at by the media. So Twitter has to punch at them, right? Like, cause the media doesn't make fun of them as, as they, as, as they should. Uh, and you know, they go here and they talk, you, you watch what they talk about. And it's like, it's so crazy. Like their ideas, crazy, pontificate about crazy. Like they've never lived in the real world. They've never built a business. They never deal with anyone that's different from them that had, didn't go to Harvard. It didn't go to Yale or whatever. Like they just live in this fantasy land. And they think that they should control people like me who didn't go to Ivy League school, people like me who built a company. They should just control everything, right? And they think it's like their birthright because they're smart, right? Uh, by the way, in a historical like context here, communism, right? The terrible thing that, that killed hundreds of millions of people uh, was pushed by overly educated, unemployed people. It was not pushed by the plebes. It was not pushed by the random people who were working in farms in Soviet Russia. They had no idea what a Soviet was, right? They literally were poor and just wanted food, right? And it was pushed by these people who were super educated, who did not have a job, but thought, you know what? I know better, right? And I'm going to rule over these people and create, you know, this like you, you know, happiness society, right? The uh, academic class, is- man, the same people yeah. who, yeah. So how about when, how about when some of the stars were saying like, I don't remember who, but the, the, the famous people, someone will say it in the comments was saying that anyone who doesn't, you know, uh, get the injection should be put in jail. Like we were getting really close to people saying that we should be killed. Like we were, it, 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 it that shit escalated quick. Yeah. Like look at, you know, the former prime minister of New Zealand, uh, 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 what's her name? Um, or den, right? So she would say things like, oh, yeah, if you don't if you want to get tested, she smiles really big. She was like, right? She's like, if you don't want to get tested, you can just stay there for another two months. Isn't that yeah. great? And you're like, oh, crap. Like, we went from zero to 100, right? Where yeah, it was like, like it was. Yeah. I knew it was like Sean Penn and Tom Hanks. They were saying just like, like, is this fucking real? These guys really said this shit? It came out of their mouth? No. And, and you know what? See, those people are still around. Did not apologize. No me a couple. Yeah. Right? No, there's no forgiveness. You did, you did not apologize, right? You did not say, oh my gosh, I was wrong. They're going to do it again, right? That pathology, that programming is there, right? They have programmed that self into their brain. They program that self-righteousness. They have, it, it will escalate again. Like the, these cultural patterns exist when there's nothing to check them, right? There, there's no there's no God in their life. Their God is their own power, their own wealth, and their own thing that they've created in their own life. And and they're going to use that power against us. Uh, and this is this is why it's 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 so important for us to like, as, as Americans, if you want to be free, it doesn't even matter about the politics. Look at Tulsi Gabbard. Like she saw like what her party was turning to. She left, right? From a policy perspective, like we're probably not very aligned, right? But but when she was on that stage and she was debating her crazy leftist party and she was being accused of being a tre- treasonous person by Hillary Clinton who sold out the country so many times via the, everything, email scandal, the Clinton Foundation, right? And the she uranium. Served, and, yeah, and, she, and she's like who are you? Right. And then she realized, Holy crap, my party is crazy. Right. And I'm going to leave this thing. Right. I, uh, th- this is the, this is the actual political battle. It's not like R versus D. It's not any of these other things the BD wants to tell you. It's like, there are, there are these groups of people who believe that they on both sides of the party, the unit party 
who believes that they should control and they, they should enrich themselves off of the American people and, and the world. And I don't believe that. I believe being ruled by the common man. I believe in the, the, uh, basically like the, everything from like the Jacksonian revolution to the JFK election, like Reagan election. The, these were representations, right? Every one of these elections, this is not, Trump was not the first populist thing to happen in our country. If you believe that, you are not very smart and you should just get off Twitter and like you do your research, right? The Jackson election was considered the first ever populist election. He lost the first time with the great compromise. Uh, there was congressional compromise because there was fraud in different states and they went to con- Congress basically has the authority to then pick the president. Jackson won the most votes, but not enough electoral votes. And he lost. There, there was a big riot that went to DC and Jackson told him not go. And so then he won the second time. Right. But the whole representation of that was to say Jackson really literally ran on this platform that people in Virginia and New York should not run our country. Right. Like, and the same thing with the JFK, same thing with the Reagan election, same with the Teddy Roosevelt election, like the Jimmy Carter, like the, we, there's a check in our country that says that the elites that exist in the establishment should not be the people in charge and that the average person should control their own destiny in America. That money we're sending to Ukraine is not U.S. government money. It's your money. It is yeah. your money that they're taking or taking away from your children. And we don't think of it that way, but we need to understand it that way because that's why it's so important that we're spending more money on Ukraine than our own borders and then in some branches of the military, more than the Marines. We're sending money over there, right, uh, and weapons and all this stuff. And we just sort of kind of shrug and being like, oh, like, it's about democracy. Both of them are dictators. Like, oh, my gosh, like, do we need, really need to get, go through this? Like, both of them have banned religions, have banned free speech, have, have, have basically conscripted people. Like, they are both the same Kill, kill homosexuals. Like, yeah, you can't get you can't get married in either of the countries. You can't yeah. have freedom of religion in their countries. There's no free speech in any of the countries. Like, I I, I don't want them to be invaded. I'm sorry, it, it, it happened. I mean, it, it's def, it's bad. But the history of the world is what, like, to quote Kamala, big countries invade smaller countries. Like, that's just what happens, right? We didn't say anything when Saudi Arabia invaded Yemen. We we're just kind of like, oh, good job. Like, <laughs> like, and that was a massive humanitarian crisis, and we just sort of ignored it, right? So powerful what you're saying too. I love the way you contextualize and make it relative. The the um you contextualize and make it relative by like, hey, this is more money than we spend on the fucking Marines. Like you're not joking. Like and and whose money is this? Like it's, yeah, it's your money and your kids' money. It's it's not it's not the government's money. That's the problem that a lot of people have too. They keep saying the government, and uh, it, it's it's us. It's people. It's yeah. It, it's. It, it's kind of a way to um, uh, word fuckery to displace response, personal responsibility. Yeah, yeah, they, and and this is this is the whole point of all the systems in our government is to create checks, right? Why House Representatives elect every two years? Why your the state is actually supposed to elect a senator, like not the people in the state, the state legislators themselves. These are all in the original Constitution. These are all designed to create checks, so you don't so you prevent one thing from overpowering the other. Uh, and so I, I believe in, in, I know you and I are texting about my 2023 predictions. So like one was, I said that Biden was going to resign because of the scandal. That's kind of crazy. What's going on right now. Second one was like a democracy be overthrown by a coup attempt. That was Peru. So one of the other ones I, I believe is that the Intel state that is attacking Biden right now that attacked Trump very, I mean, obviously where right? it was everywhere in, in the Trump administration, I uh, was that, that that would actually lead to. A, a congressional like investigation of Intel to uh, restraining legislation, et cetera, uh, because it, it it's so clearly going on now within the sense of like uh, what was what was shown in the uh, the Russian collusion hoax 
uh, all the hopes that happened in justice and the FBI that now that's being used against the Biden administration uh, very unjustly. You know, I, I, I'm opposed to the intel state, an unelected group of people, to determine who runs our country. Biden won. He is the president, right? You may not like that. You have four years or whatever, and you can impeach him to, to change that outcome. But we do not give power to unelected people to determine who leads our country, right? That is carte blanche, regardless of whatever party exists in, in the office. Uh, and you're seeing that going on. Like, th- this, is, this isn't just like, oh, they happen to find this stuff. Everyone in DC knows about these things, right? Everyone talks about it. What becomes public are things that people want to create power or leverage over somebody else. It's, it's all intentional. It's all strategic, right? It's not just like some random stuff is, is going on. However, to give you comfort, having worked in politics a lot, politics is like show Veep, if you're familiar with that. So it's that's what, it's like what? It's like what? Veep. Have you ever seen that show? Oh, oh yeah. Maybe like little snippets here and there. Yeah, it's uh, so. Uh, uh, so sorry, there. really quick. Well, one comment, uh, Steve Flores. Uh, did this guy help write some Simpsons episodes? Is he from the future? Yes, <laughs> yeah, that is. You figure, yes, that uh, is. Yes, I appreciate that. That's very kind. Uh, so I haven't seen every episode of The Simpsons. By the way, you uh, have. Yeah, of course. I grew up in The Simpsons. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, awesome. Also, and and South Park too. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a Bible believing devout Christian who loves South Park, right? So uh, yeah, so I love that show so much. Um, but the you were saying uh, to give so, us comfort. You were saying something about give, but to give oh, you some Veep. comfort. Yeah. So V uh, politics is not like House of Cards, right? It, it's not this like grand mastery prelim, right? It's mostly Hamlin's razor. Don't ever assume uh, malicious intent, which stupidity can be a sufficient explanation. Hamlin's razor. So oh. most, yeah. So most of the things that happen in politics are basically because the people are kind of like low grade, not that intelligent. And they kind of like stumble into things, right? Uh, it, and, and so in Veep, that's the show's about. Is It's a lot of people who think they're super important and very smart. And then you see the decisions they make, you're like, holy crap. Like, that's like not a, uh, yeah. So uh, the, the, the uh, uh, jargon. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so you, you should assume a level of just like general ignorance about stuff uh, that, that's so it's not like life, some right? sentient organization Illuminati yeah. shit. It's just like, hey, you get a bunch of fucking idiots and they all have the same ideology and the crowd's going to eventually end up at this guy's house and burn it down. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's um, yeah, yeah wow. So like, and that's, God, that's such a nicer way to think of it. Kind of, kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's, ter- it's terrifying that they lead and, you know, they're in charge of nuclear codes and stuff like that, right? In our, in our monetary policy, right? But, but this is why, you know, the founding fathers put so much checks in the system was that they understood this was humanity, that like hu- humans will naturally use power to achieve, you know, their own gain and their own wealth creation, regardless of their own values and morals. It's just something happens in people's brains when, 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 when power comes out. Uh, and, and so like the, um, uh, a, a lot of these things that like I write out, like in terms, I mean, this is kind of fun stuff that like I was, I think through, um, but like, for example, like China being powerhouse, we, we talked uh, early, like I think she, uh, President Xi, who's actually now a dictator for life, uh, is in a very weak position. What do you mean uh, he's now a dictator for life? That He was like elected to that? Uh, so, yeah, so the way that the, like the committee works there is that- Is, they, is Director Xi, that's Xi Jinping? That's- Yeah, Xi Jinping, yeah. Okay. So so the way that their central committee works is essentially that is like rotating thing. Uh, and, and if you watch, uh, there's a bunch of spoof comedies about like one is the death of Stalin. They, they show how stupid communism is with this like collective rule thing. But either way, like essentially there's a position that can be granted to certain people who are president 
where they can be president forever, uh, as Mao was. Uh, and so he now has that in the second only to Mao. Mao was the only other person to have that. And so he got rid of, in a public uh, show of force, Hu Jintao, who was the last um, guy who put them in power, who was actually kind of like a moderate. Um, and so he got rid of him on public TV, almost like a semi-execution. Like he didn't really shoot him, but like it was like a political execution, right? It was staged and all this stuff. So you don't do that. Like the idea about power, right? You're strong when you can transition. When you can't transition, you're not strong. So there is some sector within the CCP that is opposed to Xi, and she knows that. And so he's basically trying to weed them out, right? In, in time before he actually ends up, you know, dying in a plane crash, right? Uh, and and so like, I, I don't believe China, yeah, China is their, our main existential threat to our country, uh, but like they have so many internalized issues. Like for example, this is the first year that uh, their population has declined, right? And so that as an existential threat to a society is is death, right? It's absolute death. And you can see what happened to it was happening in Japan. You can just see what happens, right? And the confounding factor, right? And this is what a lot of Americans don't know, is that most of the wealth in China is locked up in real estate. Like if you look at the data on third home purchases, right? So like if someone, uh, or sorry, if someone's buying a house, right? A third of the people buying that house already have two other houses. So where in China or world? This is worldwide. Oh yeah, in China because housing is viewed as an asset that you can appreciate and that's how they view their savings. 30% of the homes being bought are someone's third home. Yeah. And then the the other third, the second, the other third first. Right. Wow. So that is, yes. Right. So what is that uh, in the United States? Do you know what that is in the United States? Oh, I mean, it, I I have no idea. I mean, it's, it's probably gonna be a fraction of 10, like I would guess 10% or lower. Uh, and, and we went through a major, right. 2008 was a major crisis. So, uh, the, the appreciation of a lot of China's wealth is locked up into assets that China, the Chinese government actually doesn't have exposure to, right? And uh, and the secondary effect within that, that, the way in which debt is recognized in China is very different in here. Essentially, like uh, Chinese government is highly federalized, so like like in America. So the, the governor that rules over you know Shanghai is really autonomous. Like you know he has his own basically like like national guard to like reporting agencies and stuff like that. So the way that with debt works, right? Because no one owns land in China. So you, you, they have all these state entities, right? That like lease out land as an example, that run state backed enterprises. All of that debt is hidden from the public reporting, right? So the debt that you see, and which is high for, for China is basically like nationalized debt. But there's all this debt that like is it locally that we don't even know about that is like, I believe going to explode. Uh, oh. and, and so, yeah, it's all hidden like off the books because it's in these like state run enterprises. There's, it's like a company that this local government created to do leases, right? Land leases. Uh, and then they lean against that, right? Cause it's an income coming in, a bank comes in, the Chinese bank, whatever, it takes loans against that, right? And so there's all this like interconnected stuff that if like one shoe drops, not only will the consumer in China, like, you know, be liquidated cause a lot of his wealth is tied up in real estate, but then the state governments, right? Uh, and it's just like train, train wreck's gonna happen. Uh, so like, I'm not very bullish on, on, we have to like address how they're asymmetrically attacking us. But outside of that, like, I, I think that we will, if we choose to win still, we will win. Asymmetrical like, um, is like, uh, uh, bringing fentanyl across our border, shit like that. Uh, giving us a TikTok that turns our girls into sluts, shit like yeah. that. Like attacking infrastructure or attacking our way of life. Right. Keeps like, boys at home to- masturbating instead of, uh, yeah. going out and getting stuff. Yeah, like like that. That's how that's how China. You think China has never really fought a war, like as the CCP, 
like the, the closest thing you can think of is like the Indian war the, over the border, which a couple thousand troops are involved in. Like, but our military is like constantly at war. We have 600 forward operating bases, 600, right? Not just, oh, this in, this that's in Bahrain, crazy. And, like, 600. Yeah. So like, the, the, our, in our how military, many different countries? And how there, what, there, how many countries are there? There's not even how many countries are there? Three hundred, hundred? No. Yeah, multiple, multiple. One hundred sixty-nine. You never thought we, yeah. we have one in Djibouti, right? Like we have one, in, like literally. Please don't, please don't like, speak like, like that on my show. It's a G-rated <laughs> show. <laughs> uh, so, like the the uh, the and most of those are being operated by special forces and marines and stuff. One hundred ninety-five so, countries in the world. That that's two per country. Yeah. Three per country. Yeah. We country. have multiple all over all over the world, right? And and places you don't even like know about, right? Like that that like you couldn't find on a map. They don't really disclose, right? And and some of that is like to like allow us as a platform to execute like you know strikes and stuff like that. But like if you look at forward deployments of, of our special forces, which actually are most of the time the people jumping off these bases, uh, like you know we're actively at war in like hundreds of places probably. Uh, if you consider any any u.s troop involved in any operation where there's people shooting at each other even though we're not shooting right yeah. so china doesn't do that china does not have a kinetic platform like we do uh which is like we have bases all over the world to like launch an airplane and blow up something right or a ship right they don't have like that groups. one that we it's, fucking abandoned in afghanistan like jackasses oh yeah you should watch the hbo documentary escape from kabul it's 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 very compelling um and uh, immensely moving um that was our and, closest uh, i heard that was our closest uh uh air major airstrip to china uh i i don't know i i don't know what we have in taiwan uh so the, but either, either way like we should have we should have had it because the buffer between iran and china we should have kept but we should have kept on and we should have put a freaking like 100 mile radius thing around it we should have left Kabul airport. I, that whole strategic decision was one of the most terrible decisions that cost, you know, uh, 30, I think it was 30 Marines lives uh, and was an obvious like security failure. And, you know, the fact that our joint chiefs were like, it was an amazing success. I'm like, yeah, we literally created Afghanistan to be the most powerful military, you know, groups uh, in the world because of how much equipment we left behind. Uh, and God, and to say you that, know, like, when again, people say that I have trouble believing that. Oh, it's true. I mean, it's not hard. Like, Yes, maintaining the equipment is is very expensive. Like, do not doubt that. But learning to fly a black helicopter, I mean, you go to YouTube and you can see that. Like, it's, it's right. not hard. Like, I just can't believe we would yeah. do that. It's like, it sounds beyond well, we stupid. Destroy it. We typically destroy it. But it, but the way in which it was done, they didn't have enough time, right? And they just sort of just left it, right? And uh, and so like, yes, the it, the equipment that they have remaining, and and even in the sense of like the the HBO documentary. Uh, it's just, it's just the idea that we worked with the Taliban who killed, like there's a, a, a colonel, I believe it's colonel or major was being interviewed that like killed several people in his unit and that he was in charge of the uh, escape from Kabul and that he was now working with the Taliban. Like he breaks out in tears being like, is this the government? Is this my government? Right. That makes a deal like this. And and the Taliban was literally the way they controlled the airport that that Biden administration told them, you know what they're doing? They were running over people in the airport, shooting at them and running them over. That was their control policy, right? Like the the the, the, the they show that, that in the movie. Got. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, and and it's that's why it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment to our country that we basically did a Vietnam like a Saigon two and we just abandoned these people that like fought with us. And like I I want them I want as many countries as reasonably possible to be a democracy. If you want to be a democracy, that's your business, right? Right. Like, I don't want to live there. You can do whatever you want. 
But for the people that like literally fought and died with us to do whatever resemblance of a corrupt government that was there, they should have the right to come home to us, to our country. Uh, and, and especially the poor. They can. They just have to take there. a circuitous route uh, through. Um, <laughs> they have to uh, go to Mexico, su- pay drug dealer. The southern there. border. <laughs> yeah, what an embarrassment that is, right? Like, Are, are you uh, following – Aaron, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're shifting subjects again. Brace yourself. Are you following this petrodollar story? Oh uh, yeah, but the the collaboration with Saudi and Russia. Yeah, yeah. Is that a, is that a done deal? Did China get out of the petrodollar? I, I saw yesterday that it's a done deal that China is no longer going to buy oil from Saudi Arabia with the American dollar. So, so and what do you okay, think the implications of that are? Oh, I, I, from a foreign policy, like I mean, it's it's massive, right? And and this could be like. Such a disaster! One of the most disastrous things we're living through a Jimmy Carter era. I mean, think about shortages, inflation, like gas. I mean, it's literally Jimmy Carter all over again, right? Massive foreign policy quagmires, right? Like wars that have no end, that we have no like foreign, uh, what's the right foreign policy like uh, weight over, like in Putin, right? Putin's case. So like the the so the, so this story is it's a little more complex. So so I actually have been to the kingdom. I love a few Americans that have received a tourist visa. I was able to go. Uh, that's actually to where, where to where Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So that's actually where I got stranded during the lockdowns. I was in Saudi Arabia when the lockdowns in America started. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that was like wild. Right. And I was just thinking, this is how, uh, you know, as a faithful Christian, I have idols. We all struggle with one of the lions CrossFit. If I can't do CrossFit every day, I feel like I'm a fat loser. So I actually pondered staying in, in Saudi Arabia because the, uh, MBS, the King or conference said, we're not going to lock down. And I was like, oh, I can go to CrossFit. So maybe I should just stay here. This hotel is pretty cheap. You know, like a month, the exchange rate was really high. I should just stay here because I can go to CrossFit, wait this out, right? I like it. And I like it. Yeah, yeah. So I did it. I ended up coming back on a on a one of the last flights to DC. Uh, and so I came back. But the um, so like Saudi is like an interesting like situation. So they they uh, in terms of all I know like you, you talk about the you're investigating the, the journalist murder. So it, it's are they an ally? Yes. Are they an unfortunate ally? Yes. Right. Does it mean that we should not work with them? Oh, we should absolutely work with them because, because they're, it's sort of like that they, you have to be real politic about situations. Like they don't share values. They, they have their own way of doing things and we should respect that. Do they do things that are bad? Of course. Cause it's a, it's a kingdom. It's, a, it's an autocracy. There's, there's not any resemblance of freedom. Are they way more rational than anyone else in that region? Absolutely. Right. Especially when they did that deal with Israel. Now that, that that's on the table, they are part of the alliance, right? Uh, and and if you go through the history of us winning wars as a country, you always make bartering with people who you don't agree with, right? And I mean, look at World War II. We did a, we did a deal with the devil, as Winston Churchill said, to win that war. We would not won that war without Stalin, right? Um, so in this situation, they are our key ally in that region, and especially now since they're partnered with Israel, on they got rid of a lot of. Uh, basically made it more or less a peace deal with Israel. Not the level of Egypt, which is the most meaningful, if you remember Jim Carter, the most meaningful thing he ever did for foreign policy is he made a peace deal with between Israel and Egypt. Uh, not as meaningful as that, but very big. So uh, now that that relationship is normalized, because they realize that the threat in the other region is Iran, uh, because ultimately Saudi's orientation is stability. And that should be our orientation as well. Everyone's stable, everyone's happy. Like, uh, it just, like you can run your country wherever you want, but like, do not interrupt trade routes do not interrupt the way oil gets produced like you know and and but we still at our same time in our country need to leverage so the fact that the Biden administration has attacked fracking has attacked domestic production is also one of the biggest errors in foreign policy 
and they're, they're they are trying to correct that now because they realize how dumb that was so we should still be doing Did that. they? you think they're uh, trying to correct it because they realize how dumb it was or just that, that they're scared they're trying to think or worried about the reelection? they no yeah i mean but that's a check and i i, I just want the good outcomes i don't care what the motivation oh, okay okay so, yeah so so back, so back to the dollar thing i'll land on the dollar yeah, thing so, yeah. they, so they, saudi arabia has threatened this several times so the question is will they actually do it this time my guess is probably not because what they want is attention they want Biden to pay attention to them, stop paying attention to this Ukraine thing, which they think is nonsense and a waste of time. Uh, they want them to pay attention to the region because their region is more important. And from a rational, real politic uh, perspective, they are correct. What happens in that region is far more important to us than what happens in Ukraine. And yes, that's why we yes. should sue for peace in Ukraine yes. as fast as possible. Uh, so we should do what for? We should sue for peace? Yeah, as in like pursue it as fast as possible. Oh, 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 oh okay. Resolve yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So the so Saudi Arabia does not want to run anything on the wand. The wand is unreliable. It, it's not used almost anywhere. And, and it's, it's backed by another dictator they don't trust. Like Saudi Arabia trusts us. They, they don't trust China. And, and the, deal is, the deal is the deal is we defend Saudi Arabia. If, if, if they force everyone to buy their oil with the dollar and we'll whoop anyone's ass that fucks with them. That's the deal, right? Yeah. And we, and we give them weapons. We do this thing. And like, yeah. you know, so, so I, I would say that the actual stress of our relationship should have been over the invasion of Yemen. It should not have been over the fact of the murder of journalists. What happened in Yemen was, was terrible. And, uh, and I don't actually even know the current state of it. Cause I stopped following it for, cause I was following other things, but like that was actually more, I think atrocious, uh, what was going on there. Uh, and the, like, um, uh, so like I'm, I'm skeptical because a lot of the, the, the presuppositions around the one taking over the petrol trade assumes things about China that Saudi Arabia fully understands that they okay. sort of like, like, oh, they like people who assume this is going to happen are very like China is strong. It can never be defeated. And in my view, I'm more rationalist saying that like Saudi Arabia knows all these problems like about China and they're not interested in running anything on that. They're interested in the American dollar because they know the American dollar can correct itself. And so what they're asking for is attention. Uh, okay. So you, I like it. But uh, so uh, what they know, for example, is that. So, well, let's China fucking give it to them. Let's give them some attention. No, no, that's what I'm saying. That they want the Ukraine war to stop. They want to pay attention to them because they, they don't trust the Chinese. Uh, and, and Africa is a great example. Of this. Uh, so China instituted – so communist Russia – this is how the difference in communism. Communist Russia, the way they influenced people was they invaded you with tanks and they bombed you and they parachuted you in and took you over, right? The way China tries to win is through financing. It's through these deals for roads and bridges and ports in China, right? So if you go to Africa and you actually talk to these people who live, and I went to Tanzania and I actually talked to the there because you see like all the vehicles in Zanzibar, as an example, have Chinese written on the side. The airport itself has, has Chinese written on the side, like, you know, Mandarin. Um, and, and so I asked the guy, he's like, you know, so why is this? He goes, oh yeah, the Chinese, they like came and they like bribed the government. This is what the, the, my, my tour guide said. And, uh, you know, to build all this stuff or whatever. And I asked, well, so how's it gone? It's like, oh, they, they didn't even finish it on time. It was really bad quality. So we actually had to finish it ourselves. And that's the experience of most people in Africa, right? And, and Saudi Arabia knows that, right? So, so the ability of the Chinese to execute is really poor. Uh, but the problem is that we don't pay attention uh, because we're wrapped up in wokeism. We're wrapped up in like, you know, stolen elections and this and Trump man, Orange Man bad, Ukraine, right? And so Saudi Arabia is like, hey, pay attention to me because I'm actually allied with you. And we have really bad stuff going on. And I made this peace deal with Israel that you wanted me to do under Trump. Uh, and now you're abandoning me, right? And so that's the motivation. 
When I was in um, Kenya, there was there's they have that Mombasa Nairobi highway, and, it, and part of it was built by China, part by Germany, and part by Japan. The part by built by China was fucking a mess, and then the part by Germany was a little better, and then the shit the Japanese built was bomb proof. It, yeah. It, was, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was like beyond perfect. Um, do you think, Aaron? Um, what do you think is going to happen to Biden? You think he's going to make it to the end of his presidency? So I have, I, you know, I'll, I'll go on a limb and say that's a prediction. I, I, I believe he will resign. Uh, I, He'll resign. I, I think, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, I, I think it makes, because, because the thing with so some Richard Nixon shit. You think some Richard Nixon shit's going on? The the most populous yeah. president in the history of the United States, Richard yeah. Nixon. Did yeah. you see that thing Tucker did three days ago on Richard Nixon? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like it, people don't realize he, that. He, he said he the CIA. Won. He said that's the second time I've heard him say the CIA killed fucking Kennedy, basically. Yeah, he, he's very motivated to get that out the door, isn't he? <laughs> so, like, like in it's Tucker who, I, who I've met a, a number of times. Like, you know, he's he, you've been he on that show. You've been on Tucker a number of times. No, oh, ju- just like as a I don't like going on stuff like that. So I just like go on the set and you know okay. talk to him stuff like that. Uh, Tucker, is, say this. Say this. He is he is one of the smartest people on TV. He, uh, he's so fun. He's so fun to debate. He's like, he, he, li- he lives by that slogan, um, uh, uh, hard on ideas, easy on people. That's his, that's his life slogan. Oh, like, that's nice. It, that's yeah, nice. That's, my, that's what I live by too, right? It's just fun. It's just fun to debate him. Uh, and ultimately what his orientation is, is accountability. And, and this is why, like when Governor Abbott went on his show, props to Governor Abbott, he was criticizing Governor Abbott about like the way he was hanging the border. Abbott shows up, they have a debate, and I have mad respect for Abbott because that's actually what Tucker wants. He wants people to show up and show, defend their position, and then go on their merry way, right? Um, and so, like, but he does way more research than I know most people on TV do. Uh, and so the fact he said that about the JFK thing, I, I don't, I grew up in Dallas. Like, I still believe in the, the single shooter thing. Uh, and so I'm waiting on the evidence, uh, whatever he has, and whatever he's seen. Uh, and it is weird, right? There, there's like, we don't want to deny the fact of like what they say is a butterfly effect, but the chaos can create a sense of design. That's true because our brains are naturally wired to design, right? So when you look at a building built by a person, design, human intervention, right? Design is human intent, will intent, right? Agency. When you look at nature, still beautiful, you can see not design, right? So in chaos, you can still like find design because our, our brains are programmed that way. So I want to like, check everything in the sense of like whatever he has in terms of conspiracy theory, you know, that he's, that's been around JFK to, to say like, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff that happened with that assassination. Uh, like that he just randomly dies by a mobster that like somehow knows him, but somehow not. But then was just like the, you know, the explanation, the Warren commission was like, he was just so angry. He was just so like, and you're just like, oh, I don't know. That seems kind of weak. Right. Um, so if he has other things, like I want to see it, right? And 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 he is he is one hundred percent correct, regardless of what that evidence is. We have the right to know. It's been long enough. Like and and there's so many open questions. And also, it goes to the one of my predictions I wrote in there, which is the check on the intel state. Like there's so much push against the intel state, both in the sense of the fraudulent Russian collusion hoax, what's happening to Biden, like the stuff around around this. That like Americans feel like they they want to know, right? Um, oh and yeah, also yeah, the Biden thing, yeah. So like, you uh, think the I, Epstein I, I, list get leaks too? My God, this yeah, is good. You're like Santa Claus. By the way, I saw someone in here. This uh, this guy kind of has Alex Stein energy. Judy, I p- peace and love, but he has no Alex Stein energy. Zero. Uh, who's who's Alex Stein? Who's that? 
uh, he, he's been on Tucker a few times and he, uh, he's been on this show a handful of times. He's wild. Oh, I, I don't want to okay. dog him, but he's, he is, uh, he is, he's a comedian. He's wild. Oh, okay. Okay. He's wild. Um, you have no, yeah, you just so, have a, you just, you uh, speak very, um, you're very concise and you speak quickly. Oh, okay. So I'll try to slow down. No, fuck that. Uh, I listen. I watch uh, everything on 1.25 speed minimum these yeah. days. So, so yeah, like my, my thoughts around Biden is that like, I already know the comments. Always- I already know the comments from this YouTube video. Everyone's gonna be like, bring them back. Bring them back. That was fucking amazing. Bring them back. God, step <laughs> on. He makes, he just realized how stupid you are. I mean, it's going to be great. Yeah. Okay. So, so, okay. Biden and Epstein. So, yeah, so I, Do you have time for Biden uh, and Epstein? Yeah, sure. Sure. So okay, like, okay. the Biden thing, like in 31st, so this was like a couple weeks ago. I just, there was going to be a scandal. Like you can just kind of, I just saw some tea leaves. Right. And so we have the document scandal right now. But I, what I assumed was that like the Democrats, like still the majority of people who are in the Democratic Party want to win. They want power. Uh, and they know what we all see. Like they, they know that like what we joke about with, you know, uh, Alzheimer's Joe, right. All this stuff. They know that that's true. Right. They're not, they're not really that dumb. Right. Uh, well, who, win, who knows it's right? true. My Democrat like, friends don't know it's true, dude. They don't know it's fucking true. Well, that's because they're they're they don't they they're blue pilled, right? So yes. These are like red pilled Democrats, right? Okay. They know how the system works. Okay. They're, they're they're trying to win, right? It's all it's like the chief of staff type of people, like underneath. Okay. Okay. So they do know. Like, so, yeah. Like it, it, okay. I mean, like you think about every other time that a president in our history had an issue, FDR. Right. Everyone in the chief of staff orbit in FDR knew his problem, right? Same with Reagan. They they knew the problem. So you can't assume that there's some like. A, like uh, weird exemption because they're religious wokes, like woke fanatics that they don't know. I assume that they do, right? Okay. So then they have a choice, right? So they can either roll the dice on a person that looks like he could die at any moment. Uh, you know, it's, it's just past his time. It's just is what it is, right? Or you can roll the dice on somebody else, right? And I think they want to roll the dice on somebody else. But the only way to take the damage from this current administration, which they know is damage, right? Unemployment to to uh, future unemployment, I should say, that's coming this this year. Uh, inflation, the economy, the Ukraine war, like all you know, Afghanistan. Put it all on him. He's not going to run again. Pick someone fresh, right? And and so uh, I just put in there Kamala because she's vice president, so she's going to assume. And whenever she assumes the presidency, she's naturally going to choose to run. I don't know who the nominee is going to be in there. I didn't make a prediction of that. I just think Kamala is going to end up being in the seat. Uh, and then like running, right? Uh, because that's the assumption of what it means to be president, right? As uh, that you're going to take on the party's uh, uh, nomination process. So uh, I, I just think all the tea leaves are there. Uh, and just as the tea leaves there for like Republicans to finally like, get their act together and like focus on things that actually are the agenda that Americans want rather than stuff that they're currently kind of messing around with. Um, so, uh, and the Epstein list is like, Hold uh, on, before you go to Epstein, uh, did you ever see that uh, clip of um? I think it's Gerald Ford, and he's talking. He's talking to a classroom full of like third grade kids. Someone's like, "Mr. President, will there ever be a woman president?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He says this to a fucking like third grade class. There's gonna be a dude in, who's the president. He's gonna die, and and then we're gonna have a woman president. That's how he tells <laughs> his fucking class. I'm like, Oh, I think Lord. it was Gerald Ford. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so, so Biden either, why, why not just, um, why not just be honest? Why do they have to like, like show us pictures of like classified documents? We don't even know what that means. Like, mm-hmm. why don't they just say like, why don't they just say, um, Hey, uh, the president is senile. 
And Mm -hmm. uh, the Senate and Congress are going to take executive action and everyone's going to vote him out. And sorry, Mr. Biden, we fucked up and put Kamala in. Like, why why don't they just like just handle it like adults? Like, because that's not the it's not the incentive of the system, right? The system. And I I actually don't think that this is unique necessarily. It's it's something that exists in the founding fathers era, but it is definitely exaggerated itself because we've become run by people who don't believe in God. And all the founding fathers almost universally believed in some deity power, even if that deity power didn't impact them. They believe that everyone, uh, like the great example is Benjamin Franklin. So uh, you could say probably the most non-Christian lifestyle and deist, stupid, atheist, whatever you can think of. And he firmly believed that everyone who lives in this world will live to account in eternity in heaven or hell. So how do you square that with not having a God? I don't know. But guess what? People are complicated. And you just have to accept it. Right, that George Washington wrote some things that were pro God. He wrote some things that were anti God. Right, because their theology is exists in the context of their history and their moment they're in. Right, and and I, as a Christian today, don't know that full context. Right, like you know, they they were Christian or whatever the founding fathers. Right, were Christian during the Methodist, uh, a lot of the Methodist revolutions. Right, which happened in in the UK. A lot of the Puritan stuff. A lot of the basically the idea of like you could say today would be religious fanatics. Right, so. I don't know how they interact with their faith. So, so, so as we go to like this up to here today, like you can see back in the founding fathers era, like disgusting things are written about Thomas Jefferson, disgusting things are written by Alexander Hamilton. I mean, you could read some of the papers written against Hamilton by Jeffersonian anti-federalist papers, right? Uh, yeah, newspapers, like all the newspapers are biased. There was no assumption of like this obje- objectivity, right? That is a recent phenomenon. The idea, which goes back to free speech, right? We talked about earlier. God, that makes me feel idea, good too. You're saying a lot of things that give me hope. Yeah, because you, you have to. Uh, C.S. Lewis has this famous phrase called chronological snobbery. Don't exaggerate your own importance in your own generation that also probably exists in another, right? Right. Uh, and it was, so, so we have effects and echoes, right? It's, that's why I said earlier that like all ideas have parents, but parents don't explain all ideas, right? right. Uh, is that you can see the pattern, right? So, so the idea of like objectivity in the news is a very recent thing. Like the newspapers back in the in the colonial times were all biased, all associated with political parties, all associated with some with some you know elected official, right? Uh, and the Federalist Papers, right, was propaganda. It, it, it literally was printed as news to argue for the Constitution, right? Written by anonymous people. What does that sound like? Oh, Twitter, right? So, so like the, the, wow, the, the wow. all of these, yeah. So all of these things exist in our society. So, so when it goes to this moment, right, where we're in now, where obviously Biden is not capable of being president, uh, we have other examples in history where people held on for the for for the the uh, cling to power as long as possible. The best example is FDR, right? They knew that this was a problem. They knew that he was in decline. They still ran him for office. They still pushed down the field until he passed away, right? Uh, so, and that was like, you know, we look fast now and we're like, oh, FDR was like this generous, good person. who was a great president, whatever. I mean, I think he's above average, but like, like, and so we, we almost like think back and oh, but that was like a righteous cause. But this one's like not righteous cause. Right, like, right. Back, it's like right. power does that to people. Power messes with your brain and, and you do things that outside of power you would not do. Uh, and, and that in that moment you look back and you're like, did I really make that decision? And you're like, yeah, because to quote one of the most famous uh, political philosophers, Lord Acton, right? Power corrupts, right? Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. 
right? Mm-hmm. Power does something to people, like humans. And I believe it goes back to Genesis, the fall, which is fundamentally the argument of like man wanting to be God. And, and that God, the whole, the whole idea around the tree was that man could not be God. And then we chose, I want to be God. And then we couldn't handle it. And we're like, we're like, holy crap. God has such a bigger job than I have. I can't deal with this. And they run and hide. Right. Mm-hmm. And then God shows up, which is the story of, which is the, of the arc of the Bible. Both Jews and Christians believe this, that when God shows up, finds Adam and Eve, he responds with, as if they're still people, as if they're still human in his created order. And he shows grace to them. Right. He shows forgiveness. Like any, and, but there's still consequences for that sin, which is why they get banished. But like there, there, there is a, there's an obvious like connection between God and human. And the human heart with him, just that even the sense of we're sinning and we're in the garden, but like that desire for power, right, um, exists whether you're Christian, non Christian, like it affects everybody in politics. Uh, so I think that that is what's going on with this Biden situation is like they're just holding on. They're trying to get day by day by day by day, right? They're sort of like on the episode of Survivor and they know at any moment Biden is going to be voted off, right? And maybe he'll be blindsided, right? And they don't have an immunity idol anymore, right? Like, like they just, they're holding on by grit and teeth. Uh, and eventually they think that we can just make it through. Right. And Jill's and sitting there watching all of this. Oh yeah. Jill's very, I mean, she's a doctor. She's very aware. Right. I'm a doctor. Right. Uh, God, doctor I, can you, I, I just can't believe no one is stepping forward. Like, like if I would hope if I was in that situation, my wife would step forward and be like, Hey guys, I'm taking him off the set. He's done. Yeah. You would hope. Right. But, yeah. but remember these people don't have Judeo-Christian values. So they, the idea of duty, right. And it's very foreign to them. Uh, like George Washington, who steps down, right? And he's like, two terms is enough, right? Like, so he had the nickname. This is one of my companies I started named after him. Uh, he had a nickname Fabius, which is Latin for little bean, uh, after a, a, it was basically after the Roman Senate. And it meant like statement, like uh, honorable, right? And so that was his nickname because in the Continental Congress, uh, or sorry, during the Continental uh, Constitutional Convention, sorry, um, he didn't speak at all. And he sat there. Who's this? Who's this? George Washington. Oh. He didn't speak because he knew that any word that he said would unfairly tip the balance uh, within the debate. And this is, by the way, like the the Constitutional Convention was like the third or fourth version. So like they thought they were going to have another one a couple years later. So so that was kind of some of the effect. Like a third of the delegates didn't even come. Like Rhode Island didn't even show up. They're like, oh, why am I going to this again? Right. So uh, that one just stuck for some reason. So uh, the so George Washington didn't speak. He, he resigns after two terms. That idea within politicians is almost non-existent now, uh, and and that's really a, that's really terrifying because a part of freedom is that moral check, is that individual check that I don't need a law telling me to do that. I'm just going to do it because it's an honorable thing to do. It's the it's the it's the duty orientation to do, uh, but. Our political class is obsessed with power at all costs. Look at the guy that won Pennsylvania Senate, right? That's not a statement of confidence in him. That's a statement of like basically Republicans ran a bad candidate. Oh, that's the, uh, the 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 bald white guy. Yeah, that obviously has very significant mental challenges post stroke, right? Uh, and crazy that that, said, that dude got fucking elected. Crazy. Or or even, I mean, think about it even from perspective of people who don't maybe have any issues like. But our, our Congress is run by people who are 30 years past their prime of being a politician, right? They're run and people with no life experience like AOC. It's like we can't get just you know, like – Nancy Pelosi. Right? Like, like, yeah. Like, like, oh. They, 
like like your generation should have been like like we have not had a Gen X president, right? Uh, yeah. And so if Ron DeSantis wins, hopefully he does. Like he would be the first, right? But you should have been in power, basically under like Bush uh, too. That if you look at historically trends, right? So the 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 elder class, which owns most of the wealth, controls almost all the power in our country, businesses, etc. Like ownership of stock, you know, stock exchange, savings accounts is dominated within this class of people, and they have not given up the reins to Gen X, right? And and so Gen X is almost like skipped over, right, as a generation because people focus on millennials, go to social media, and all that nonsense. So like the time for Gen X to take control is now. Like, and that's not even my generation. I'm not Gen X. So, but they they rightfully deserve the 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 hand on the, on the wheel because we're well, making these massive decisions that hurt a country and only 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 enable people who are old, elderly. If if they don't, uh, if they, yeah, on on uh, instability, right? Yeah, it's it's gonna get it's gonna get going. it's gonna get really really weird. Hey, and, and what about and what about Epstein? You think that list is actually gonna come out? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Is there gonna is it gonna be? Pointing list, there's going to be like like Bill Gates isn't going to be on it, and we're going to be like, oh darn. No, I, I think I think the cool thing comes out. Uh, I, I, it's too juicy. It fits so many like narratives and like so. So I, like I, Bill, I like stuff. either Bill Clinton or Bill Gates, one of the bills is going to be on there. Yeah, I, I think it would be a fully exposed list. Uh, maybe not the full thing, but like really juicy names, right? So maybe wow. like you know a couple pages or something. So so. Something I used to kind of like analyze. So why culture. isn't it out? Is, is she is she still is it still negotiation? She's still trying to get out of jail. Uh so. And why haven't they killed her? Uh well, that's a good question. Uh, so let me let me think. May have phrase this. So our our culture has like things that happen that in terms of uh, outcomes in politics, like people associate too much the end outcome of like let's say they focus on. How the how the documents in Biden's and got there, or who in the FBI is this or that, versus I look at like motions and culture, right? Uh, or another way of phrasing is narrative, uh, like things that propel the way people think about something that are not really the in causal thing. Um, to use a, a non current example, it'd be like the Trump phenomenon, right? Did Trump create it, or was he at the end result of the wave, right? Uh-huh. I believe he's the end result of the wave who uh-huh. wrote it. Right. Uh-huh. So the list is the same way that there's so much cultural pressure to like within the, you know, the underclass to people get censored to, you know, attack on big tech. All this is a reflection of class warfare. Right. And and so the Epstein list is that is the ultimate critique like that exists right now. That's hidden data. That's probably not that long on the list. Right. That still has juicy people on it that attacks the class. Right. It, 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 it occupies even people who I don't like. Just so you know, this is just an analysis. It's not something let's say I, I want. For example, is is Megan and whatever his face is, right? Yeah. Why is that so popular? Right. It's because it's an anti-class expression, right? It, yeah. He's attacking the crown. I, I actually really like the crown in many ways, but but that is a from someone I don't agree with that I don't like that's attacking someone that I do like. It's all the same reflection of this momentum in a culture to attack class, right? People yeah. who have power, people who have elites, uh, because we kind of know something's wrong. We know that like internally, like as you said about helping that guy at the gas station, something in our guts, like something's wrong here, Davos crew, something's wrong with this Davos crew. Right. And so this list, I think will come out. And, and, you know, this is, just, again, it was a prediction. It's a bet. Like, uh, I think it will come out and people will be shocked, but it's also a reflection of like, like, you know, the people that eventually release it, it would be hackers, you know, that they, there actually are a lot of really good white hackers that are 
going after the government and people who are abusing their power. Uh, like people forget, you know, WikiLeaks was right. You know, John uh, Assange was right. Like he, he, whether or not you think he did something wrong or immoral, different question. What he said was correct. Like he was, he was actually on point, right? Right. So it would be that, or it would be somebody who now is in the position of doing it that is holding it over somebody who then that person is no longer important to them, and then they execute the strategy and they release it. So um, there, there is like a, but but you know, still still say the primary principle is Hamlin's razor, right? So never the Biden laptop. Random stuff will happen by accident that someone finds out what it is and it comes public, and so something is just completely random, right? Someone left a the Biden left laptop a, is so weird. Someone left, you know, freaking the no the TSA do not fly list on an unsecured like server that someone could just randomly access, right? So that's like a state secret that the government doesn't even know how to control or manage properly, right? And so when it says other stuff, like let's not assume that like the government is just like you know a bunch of like really experts something. It's all strategic. Sometimes it could just be completely random, like a TSA. Do not fly list was accessible to the public internet, which is not allowed, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, Aaron Ginn, uh, thank you. I, I, I would love to have you back to, so we can talk about Flat Earth and Andrew Tate, uh, two subjects we have not um, <laughs> discussed. You are so freaking cool, dude. So, so I, as, a, as a closing note, yes. there was a, a guy that worked at NASA, an engineer, yes, very smart engineer, who argued with me that the earth was flat. Yeah. Uh, which was, just, he really believed to, it. Oh, he does believe it. Yeah. He believed it. Yeah. No. It, it, oh, that must've been fun. Was that fun doing that? Oh, it, was, it was so fun. It was so hilarious. Right. So, uh, and, 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 and did he have any like, shit that kind of stumbled you where he's like, Oh, you're where you're like, Oh fuck. No, I mean, I, no. I, I could probably go toe to toe with the grass Tyson. Cause I, I think that should be fun. So, okay. uh, and, and he, and he's, 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 uh, uh, anyway, so but the but the the one thing that I, I would say probably is a concluding thought is that a lot of these like really crazy ideas or even people that like you would not be like let's say are sending a message that you morally are like that's not a good person right and yeah. so I think the Tate fits that fits that motif like I'm an evangelical Christian uh, I believe the Bible is the word of God everything is everything is motivation of his life I, I view it bad but he he's saying something. That I think broadly around masculinity and manliness and being assertive and courage, right? Jordan Peterson, basically, it's like Jordan Peterson stuff without like the morality around Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson for thirteen-year-old boys. So, so, so the reason why, which is the same thing about the flat Earth thing, is yeah. because we have become so oppressive and forcing normity, forcing puritanical like you know uh, rules on people the way they think that it draws people to conspiracy theories. It draws people to believing right. in UFOs. Because right. they're like, the world is not this boring. The world is not, you know, freaking a Yale 20-year-old grad who got a degree in feminist studies who's running censorship at, like, you know, Facebook, who enforcing all these things that they read by biased historians and biased authors. It's right. really not that boring, right? And so people are drawn to people like Tate uh, because it's not because I don't think they like him. It's because it's just different. And it's just something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's free, right? Yeah, it's free. Uh, yeah, it's he kind of sets you free a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. It's there's something bohemian about it, right? And, right. And 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 that's what I don't want populism to run into into like this like you know overreaction into this like weird idolization of individualism. Rather, it's just like literally people who are on the thumb of censorship that you and I have both on the other side of 
yeah. literally let it go. You're not effective. You're not winning. Leave us alone. If you don't like me, turn it off. Be a freaking adult. Don't yeah. be a little child having a tantrum because someone said something that was really mean to me. Oh my gosh. It's not even about them. It's just about some other people that they like take on the identity of, right? To persecute other people for. And, and you're like, you don't even relate to these people, right? And, and you're like taking on this idea of censorship and I'm just control. Like it, it, it all goes to uh, this, this, like this battle. Oh yeah, I think uh, that's my Twitter account. Um, and A A R O N G I N N two A's one R O N G I N N. Or as uh, Keen people would say, A uh, A Ron. Hey. Um, uh, I got to have you on again. I, I hate to like uh, put you on the spot oh, and like sorry. ask you for yeah. a kiss. Uh, um, but, you know, I, I should probably like t- wait and text you like a few days later and play hard to get, but shit, dude, you're fucking awesome. What a great, what a great show. I got, uh, look at Philip, Philip Kelly. I'm taking notes next time I watch this show. I know it's so good. You have an amazing <laughs> brain that we can just feed that we can just feed uh, questions into, and even if you haven't thought of it before, you have this you, because you have such a, a great perspective on life. You know where how to make perfect pancakes by Aaron Ginn, or or what's going to happen to the petrodollar. It's all fair. <laughs> it's all fair to ask. Well, I know I appreciate. It. Uh, happy, happy to to do it in the future. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it was fun. You know, yeah, I appreciate the time. I know we went way over, so uh, so yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, okay. Thank you, brother. Uh, I will be in touch. Uh, one of my favorite guests of all time, uh, Mr. Aaron Ginn. Yep. Thanks. Have a great Bye. day, brother. Wow. I had no, so this guy, Aaron Ginn, uh, uh, Ginn, God damn, I just screwed. I had it all right the whole time. This guy, Aaron Ginn, like the alcohol, um, about a day ago, he, he texts me. With some just some like ideas for topics or something, I can't remember if I asked him or not. And one of them said he said was, um, and I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about. I was more interested in like his history and growing up and how he became. We didn't even get into him. He's he's quite the tech guy. He's he's a he knows everyone in that industry. I mean, like you heard him kind of drop on there that he he's he's been on the set of Tucker Carlson and, and chewed the fat with Tucker. And there's some really big names in the tech industry that I know he knows that we didn't even get to talking about like really big. And um, anyway, so, but before he came on, he, he sent me a, a link to that uh, Twitter post he made about predictions he's making for the future. And when he sent me that at that point, I knew, I knew uh, that this was going to be a great show. Seven, you're starting to say that every guest is your favorite guest. Who else did I say that about? Who else? Tell me. Who else? Who else? Tell me. Well, fuck. I, hey, and you know what? I'm okay with it. I used to say to my friends at school, I'd be at UCSB, and I'd be like, dude, that's the hottest chick on campus right there. And they'd be like, Sevan, you've said that about 10 other chicks in the last month. I go, I know. There's like 100 of them. There's like 100. Yeah, Philip Kelly, one of my favorite guests of all time. Yeah. Rich. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Rich is one of my favorite guests of all time. That's true. Dude, how could you not think that this guy was awesome? Uh, this is my favorite of all the episodes I've, I've watched. Yeah, Thomas, it was good. Oh, look at you, young Republican. Look at you with your little tie. Uh, oh, g- g- crazy, 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 crazy. That was so fun. I was having fun trying to keep up. Oh, Tommy McGee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like Tommy. Rich moves the needle. These are all, you're right. 
Uh, awesome show. Yeah, this was great. I really like him. Yeah, and I've been around him a handful of times and never talked to him because when other people are around, it's like other like big names. Like he's the kind of guy who shows up at a party and it's like him and Rodney Mullen and Jay Bhattacharya and just like, and so I kind of just like sit back and let this, like let the adults talk. You know what I mean? And uh, it was cool getting them, getting them to my uh, self and uh, figuring out some stuff. I was able to, I was able to squeeze in the word labia into the pot, into that podcast and, and the penis cresting the labia. I enjoyed that saying that. All right. Um, I do not know what's happening tomorrow morning. I do not know what time I'm uh, tomorrow is a travel day for me. And I don't, I'm going to try to do a podcast very early uh, tomorrow morning. Will Witt was going to come on the podcast. Hey dude, that, that guy, I, I think maybe Rodney would come on. Uh, oh yeah. Daniel Brandon's one of my favorite for sure. Um, uh, but I'm telling you that guy we just had on Aaron Ginn, like that, it does. I don't think it's going to get much better than that. Like, just because you don't know who we don't like, he's not in the, in the daily, um, lexicon like that, like that's, that's a, a Jordan Peterson esque, uh, character. He's young. And, uh, the, the, we just witnessed a, uh, powerhouse roll through here. I'm telling you guys, we just had a fucking giant brain roll through the podcast. Jin. Yeah. Jin. We just had a, a, a giant gin brain uh, roll through here. It was, it was, that was cool. All right. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if he has an Instagram. He's too, he's too smart for Instagram. I pour gin in my bussy. Oh, Nelly. Okay, guys. Uh, time to pee, time to pack. And uh, hopefully I'll see you guys tomorrow. I have a feeling I am going to go live tomorrow, but I'm going to start an hour earlier than normal. So I'll be getting up at 5 a.m. tomorrow. And we'll be going live at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Talk to you guys all soon. Bruce Wayne, you the man. Thanks for all the thumbnails. I'm loving it. Okay, bye.